The Euroallegiance podcast is brought to you in part by the generosity of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Visit patreon.com forward slash the Euroallegiance podcast for bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, merchandise and more. Now, let's get to this week's show. My wallet is sobbing. I can hear it. I can hear it in the hall now. It is breaking down crying. Turns out that Attila, the arrogant so-and-so, he's got a fake hammer. Oh, a fake? Yeah. Whoa. As I say, dick. <laughs> so, welcome to episode 22 of the Euroallegiance podcast. And today we have a very special episode because it's focused on a particular species in Mythos, a particular group of... Uh, figures who have a very rabid following sometimes they get a bad name because uh people say oh they're they're loud they're like those guys on the internet there's a small amount of them but they're very loud but we don't really think that we think they're the real deal we think this is the year of the dwarf we're doing episode 22 it's going to be about dwarfs you down for it malcolm kennedy i am very down for it i am a, a dwarf fan I, I might occasionally make fun of them, but I am a big fan of dwarves for sure. And actually today, Richard, I was going back through a bit of audio because I want to add to a few little clips to our intro and I uh, heard you saying that you didn't really think that much about dwarves, but maybe you can we can bring you around. Initially I didn't, but the amount of pictures I sent you guys of painted heads uh, shows that I've obviously given up on that and I now fully embrace dwarves. Yeah, well, I think they're, they're one of the most fun things to uh, customise, you know? it's uh, Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, we're pretty good in, you know, the Eurolegions. We think we are now by episode 22. We have, we have uh, some people that, uh, that follow us and, you know, we, we can get on with things. But for this episode, we had to bring in the cavalry. We had to bring in, firstly, the king under the mountain, the dwarf man himself, all the way from Philadelphia in the United States of America. It's Anthony Housel. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> How are we, guys? Good, Anthony. Great to have you. How are you today? I know Great you've been doing here. some manly work, but you're ready to, to talk about the real men. The real men, yes, the real men of mythos, the blue-collar workers of mythos. Exactly, yeah, the real American hero, really. You know, whatever, whatever, GI Joe. These are the real American heroes. There you go. And then we had to also get someone from this side of the pond, you know, to keep the balance in the force. And he's another super dwarf fan. I went through his uh, his Instagram again last night just to just to kind of get a few things that we can talk about his customs that uh, during the show today. And they were pretty much all dwarves. It's Guion Thomas, the pride of hey, Wales. How are you? I don't have any intro music, so I feel a bit. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I can add some. I can add some. <laughs> we'll just get. We'll just get you. Uh, we we'll get you the the, the Welsh the Welsh anthem. Will that do Ideal. you? Spot yeah. on. Yeah. Thank you for having me, John's just a filthy racist, Guion. He just tolerates having me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> There's two of us now, Rich. So. Yeah, two. we can gang up. True, Rich. That's not true. <laughs> 
<laughs> the best thing about Guyon is he actually sounds Welsh. Fighting <laughs> 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 words. Starting off like that, are we right? Okay. <laughs> it's true, though, you know? It is true. He sounds more Welsh than me, definitely. Anyway, how are you, Guyon? I'm good. Thank you do well, you? yeah? On the yeah, eve of your stag do, I believe. Yes, yeah, so we're going up to York on Friday, Monday there, so a weekend over in York, a few of us lads up there. So Fantastic. So this could be the last time we see you with both your eyebrows for a while. <laughs> I'm brown hair, I'm brown hair, definitely, yeah. Yeah. So there's one, there's one friend in particular that is a groomsman and is not the best man for those reasons specifically. I just ah. don't trust him to organise a stag do. So Very good. I trust him, but... Yeah, you so know. when is when is the big day? That's in January. So okay, so you have a chance to grow earlier. the eyebrow back then. Yeah, at least it's, one, at least. Yeah. Yeah, because I I know of uh, one or two people who had the stag do a bit too close to the wedding, and you know they had, ended up with a shaved head or something like that, or you know if they have a normally have a beard, it was shaved off, and it was <laughs> they ended up with really weird wedding photos as a result. <laughs> We're talking like the week before the wedding. I mean, anyone that has their stag the week before the wedding is. Uh, is on a bad run. I used to work with a lady who, who had a hendo a week before and they went to a nightclub and she fell down the stairs and she had two black eyes for her wedding because oh, they no. didn't go the whole week. Oh, poor thing. My uh, my brother, Mark, who you guys all oh, know. Oh, we know Mark. Well. Yeah, we can imagine. Or I can already imagine uh, what you're going to say. <laughs> so when, we, when my wife and I got married, uh, before that, he had lost a tooth in a backyard baseball accident and he had a fake you know partial and every time we turned around when we got our professional photos back when it said time to smile he dislodged it and popped it out and smiled and had that missing tooth <laughs> in every photo oh no so when he got married i threatened to shave my eyebrows for the wedding and, and his <laughs> wife said that she just wouldn't get him, wouldn't marry him. And, and I knew I, we needed to get rid of him and send him off to the, to his wife. So yeah. we couldn't do that. And so I, I, I grew a mullet and this was at the time before they became fashionable again and grew one all the way out and literally harassed them all the way up until the morning of the wedding just to make them sweat. So yeah, it, it can be fun and can be traumatizing with some of the wedding yeah, antics that occur. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, we there's, there's, there's been a lot of that kind of stuff going around. And uh, yeah, I can just imagine, Mark, geez. <laughs> um, okay, so um, what I wanted to do uh, was maybe just to have a little bit of, an, for our listeners at least, a little bit of an intro for you guys. Uh, so I have a couple of questions for you boys uh, before we, we get into some more meaty parts of the episode. So... Um, Firstly, Graham, when did you start to get into to Legions? Oh, that was after the first Kickstarter. So I think I just happened upon the picture of Gorgo Etherblade, and I was really into Game of Thrones at the time, and it really clicked with me. It really resonated. So I found some on eBay quickly afterwards, and then jumped in there and didn't really stop after that. Really, so dips here and there, but yeah, yeah consistently collecting. Now, now I'm exclusively Mythic Legions. So, oh, wow, and yeah. were you collecting stuff before then? Then, yeah, a lot of uh, Marvel Legends, Black Series, other bits and bobs, really. So, wow. yeah, there's a a lot of boxes with other things that I need to sell to to fund this hobby now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're all in the same boat. 
And you, Anthony, <laughs> when did you um, get into it? Uh, so there's a podcast called My Wife is Going to Kill Me. I'm not sure if you oh, guys are Oh, we know them. <laughs> we know them, yeah. There's a gentleman by the name of uh, Stephen Bashotti. I believe there's a figure now named after him. There is Lord um, Bashati. I have a few. He he convinced me to up my game from one eighteenth to one twelfth because I was a big Vitruvian hacks guy. Okay. And he he's like, I'll send you one if you don't like it. You know, I'll I'll you know whatever. Or if you like it, you can buy it from me. And I blew it off. I regret that because I should have just waited to, for him to send me a a free figure back yeah. then because. Probably at that time, it would have been like a really great wave one figure. But um, I jumped in uh, February of 2018 at ZoloCon. Uh, my first figure that I bought was both our Shadowhorn and, wow. and then uh, Atlas to Conquer at, at the Horseman table. Wow. That they so just they had. Were... You know, wow. And then just spiraled way out of control from there on out. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Wow. That was that's a pretty good start. Yeah. Having having the studio two hours from you and enough shows throughout the year make for a terrible addiction. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, but it's a good place to be, you know, for for that kind yeah. of stuff. And so obviously, you were you were collecting hacks before that, and you know, have you had a long history with collecting? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've, I got back into collecting as an adult right around 2001 when GI Joe came back for the GI Joe versus Cobra line, when uh, they brought them back and they, they were oddly shaped not like the traditional, you know, rubber band O-ring style figures. I remember getting the storm shadow and snake eyes and pretty much from there going forward, it was dabbling in GI Joe and then an occasional um, 2000 X He-Man figure and just whatever. And then really, started to change it right into the fantasy stuff uh, focus primarily on that. I mean, even though still I collect the classified stuff and the occasional transformer and uh, you know, when you go to a toy show and you find a vintage figure of something of your youth, you just kind of pick it up to just go, Oh, I remember when I was a kid and had yeah, just had so totally. much fun and, yeah. you know, just kind of throw it somewhere on display and, you know, in the collection of ever growing bookcases of, stuff <laughs> yeah cool cool and then going on uh the customizing thing how, how long after you started getting in or were you customizing even before legions or um i tried my hand that's it and wasn't very good um i wow that's hard to believe <laughs> i remember customizing a lord of the rings gimli figure and it just wasn't working i, I could do the armor and stuff fairly well but paint on the skin and stuff just wasn't really going for me i i didn't really appreciate the thin coats method of just taking your time with it i think it was just splashing things on and and seeing how it goes uh, my younger brother got into customizing before i did and i remember requesting things from him um quite often and he's like oh no i'm doing this i'm doing this and i eventually just got sick of asking so i i cracked on myself really and tried my hand at it and yeah, so it's not been a long, long time of customizing for me, really. Um, started my first Dark Iron maybe two, three years ago now. Wow. And then, um, yeah, that's when I did genuinely refer to them as, as Dark Irons as well from World of Warcraft. And once that addiction with dwarves starts, it's, uh, it's a bit difficult to let that go. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> I think Jeremy said himself, uh, 
the dwarf heads are some of the hardest to paint. So I've uh, I quickly realized now I'm painting something that isn't a dwarf, and I've come to appreciate how intense painting dwarves is really compared to yeah. others. So I think you can hone your craft quite well in painting dwarves and being quite fini- well, uh, kind of focused on things, you know? I've got to say, Guion, you then take that to the next level of difficulty with doing all the blends through the, the sh- you know, the, the, the beards and the hair. Yeah. Oh, it's... You're mad, but it where, looks amazing. Where do you go? Where do you go then for your kind of painting knowledge, or you know, what 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 route did you take to kind of up your painting game? Um, trial and error, really. Yeah. Um, lots of YouTube, seeing what other people did. YouTube, yeah, it's a good, yeah, good resource. Yeah. Um, using a lot of the games workshop stuff, really. Their little videos on how to paint miniatures, and well, if you can apply it to something that small, you can then yeah, surely apply those rules to something bigger. Definitely, yeah. I think that's where yeah. a lot of us have gone. Yeah, John and I are definitely from that school of thought. Aren't yeah, we? yeah. But this has been my YouTube. You want to see my YouTube algorithm now? It's uh, full of miniature painting videos and microphone reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that was how I started. Very good, very good. And Anthony, you then with the customizing? Uh, geez, I've been was playing with figures as a kid figuring out how to take duct tape and foil and twisty ties to make you know scuba diving gear and swords and whatever else i could along the way and make vests and stuff that could come off the characters on my gi joes and then um as i got older you know i got out of joes when you know i got into girls and um then got back into it as an adult and i'm still in the girls but managed to be able to balance both um so for customizing, I was doing that with some of the Joe figures. Um, and then I also got into a line called Stickfas, which is similar to, I know Jeremy's talked about the Zevos, which is a similar line for Hasbro. Um, but they were very generic, just blank figures that you could do all kinds of different parts and pieces. And similar to cutting parts off of Lord of the Ring figures and making your own fantasy kind of characters. I was doing a lot of that with that. And then... Um, then when I got into the hack stuff, I was doing a lot of it with that. And, uh, there's a show nearby me called the New Jersey Collectors Con, which is in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, right on the other side of the river from Philadelphia, where the boss fight studio guys, they would set up and go down there and they would do custom classes. So there was a lot of painting techniques that I learned from the studio guys themselves. And like, trying to, you know, learn how to blend here and, and, and add this there and, and some of the dry brushing. So I was able to take some of those techniques and apply that on. And I was also into Gundam model building. So panel lining and doing all those kind of things. So able to just kind of take all these little things that I've learned over the years and just transition that into Mythic Legions. Now, one thing I've always tried to do is find at the end of the year what my weaknesses are, what i and my, what my strengths are, what I've learned, to, I've gotten better at and what I've learned I need to work on. And then I focus heavily on what I need to work on for the following year. So if my eyes weren't up to snuff before, I would start trying to figure out how to do different things with eyes. So then I would talk to Stephen Bashati, figure out how he would do <laughs> his eyes. Or I would talk to Curtis about blending, you know, skin tones or things about, you know, using the different washes with like the Nolan oils and all the, you know, all the different things. And you know, weapons paint and just this community is great for that. You can reach out and you can talk to people and they can teach you things, Dennis Derby and, and, and all the others. Um, 
you put it together and you just start putting together these amazing customs. And um, I just like to focus a lot of these techniques on my doors. So cool. And then the to- so you run the Toy Forge, which is a three D parts uh, shop, and, and you sell customs. And how did that come about then? Um, so the Toy Forge was interesting because I started that uh, December of 2019. So I got my first 3D printer and right away, you know, this, uh, there was only one or two real big 3D printing companies at the time that was involved in Mythic Legions. Um, and they were putting out some great stuff, but then realizing, hey, there are some things that I'd like to do. Not sure how that's going to work to get on my, you know, in my time frame. So just started figuring out how to get parts, find parts, make that happen, bring it to life and, and kind of went from there. Um, and then eventually getting, you know, hooked up with some other uh, creators and designers in the field and, and with heads and then weapons and um, other designers, other printers, uh, working a lot lately with uh, Shane Mann, Chris Ferrone and Thiago Conti with, with uh, trying to put stuff together. And I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Len LaGuardia. He's kind of been my 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 Yoda, my my guru when I have questions when it comes to a lot of the, the printing stuff. He was there in the early onset, helping me try to navigate through a lot of that, you know, a lot of that. So, so was was Len so Len is the Wolf King customs and he was uh so was he three D printing before you started the Toy Forge? Len had been three D printing, but the Wolf King Customs itself, I think there was like a difference of a few months where I think I might have it yeah I don't like I didn't have like a website or do anything like real public, but like I was already starting to do things as like one-off commission things for some people. Um, but like the Wolf King Customs, you know, uh, juggernaut really started and went and has, you know, done amazing things for the community. Um, so the, we're, we're real close, you know, in terms of like start dates. I think I might be you know, just a few months earlier, but like I said, it was more or less just for like commission stuff for people. So I don't, I don't know, you know, in terms of the official start dates, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know how that rate. But it was more about the learning curve with 3D printing then? Was it uh, painful or? Uh, it, it's something that, you know, is, is a little daunting at first and, you know, you gotta just kind of jump in there and figure out there's a lot of different Facebook groups and there's a lot of different uh, communities out there. And there are some people that, you know, are out there willing to help you. And there's a lot of people out there willing to just not help you. So you just got to kind of figure out and learn and, and just see what works. And, um, but as a whole, I would say that the mythic Legion 3d printing community, um, if you have a question or something that you're not sure of, there's someone out there. Uh, Anthony Velez at Noble Bear is great for helping people. Um, I know he's helped kickstart a lot of uh, different people along the way, you know, get moving. Um, and then in terms of the sculptors, I know a lot of the sculptors, you know, help each other out, you know, with different things. Um, Seba and Emil have, you know, have a great relationship. Brian Burke and Emil have a great working relationship. Walter DeMarco and a lot of people have, have done things. I know uh, some of you guys have used Walter as well. Um, yeah, I, I just think that the Mythic Legion third party community as a whole um, really sets a standard above a lot of other communities. Yeah, I think it's the rising tide lifts all boats thing isn't it Absolutely. That's, that's really the Absolutely. attitude you need to take here 
And so you yes. have a space in your basement then there or for for three D printing? Or? I I do I do. It's 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 not the the biggest of spaces. Um, uh, I've got uh, I've got uh, it, it, at some point when enough of some of my kids start moving out <laughs> and I can get a little bit of a space. What is my what is my space right now is one day will become an actual bathroom. It's it's the plumbing is fit out for it. Okay, I've got the, the pipe. I've got the piping for the toilets and the shower and all that stuff, but no fixture. So literally, I've got a desk over like where the shower eventually will be, and there's a table over where the toilet gets put in there, and just able to put a couple printers here and a couple spots there, and a curing booth over here, and a and a, and a ultrasonic washer over there, and it's 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 we make it work. We make it work. It, I would love for it to be a little bit bigger. Like where I am now eventually could become the Toy Forge 2.0, but we'll, we'll get there. Very good. Very good. Um, okay. So just two, two more quick ones then for you guys before we, if we get on with things. Um, so Guion, what's your favorite faction then in Mythics? <sighs> Sorry, Rich. Uh, House the Noble Bear, I'd have to say. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. man. Good man. And then... <laughs> Following from that favorite figure, then don't favorite do Malamy. Ooh, that's a difficult one. I'll probably have to go Bronte Angel, I think, just with the diversity yeah. there and the amount of parts. Yeah, that's probably the one to go for. Good choice. I'd say personally. Good choice. Good choice. On, on, on brand for this episode. And the yeah. same for you, Anthony. So, faction and figure for you. Um, I'm, I'm going to start with telling Rich to uh, suck it. <laughs> House of the Noble Bear and three of you here now. None other than Thord Iron Jaw. Thord, yeah, Thord is one that needs a two point oh, I think, or or yes. a re release. But I'd, I'd even I'd be I'd be happy enough for the two point oh, uh, considering the the parts they have now. I actually think I would prefer a new version as opposed to a re release at this point because the 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 part inventory that's out now i think would be amazing because i would i think i would love to see a new chess piece like a, a um, yeah like some of the different uh swappable chess plates with maybe some sort of a cool faction or something involved with that would be really would be really really neat gotcha yeah cool so rich you wanted to come in there Yes, I was just going to say I'm I'm desperately hoping my internet drops out so that all this noble bear talk can uh, just be avoided but I'm sure it'll carry on, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, well, you're here now. So you're in it, you're in it, you're in it. So thanks for that, guys. Uh, we're going to move on and Mal is going to take us through some exciting Cosmic Legions news that we got this week. Yes, we're just going to do a bit of a, a recap of uh, what's been going on before we move on with more Dwarf Talk. Um, so... Uh, was it when last Wednesday, uh, the day after we'd recorded this uh, our podcast last week, uh, an article dropped uh, on uh, Four Horsemen website um, teasing a new Cosmic Legions wave. Um, so the uh, the story date was the eleventh of August, twenty twenty three, which people very quickly equated to being a PowerCon weekend. Um, so there was some uh, suspicion something was going on, going to happen there. Um, and it was a log entry for a, a for a ship 
Corganox. You'll have to forgive me if that's the wrong uh, pronunciation there. Um, which from the pic- cool. <laughs> from the picture included was a very very large ship, and this is a, an X or X or three ship. Uh, Mark Calvo spotted very quickly that this is the ship that was referred to in uh, this uh, by Callian Shun and in Callian Shun's story. Um, in the Bodyguard's Tale that was uh, written by Jeremy Gerard as part of the uh, reveals for um, Outpost Zaxus. Um, she was looking for information on that ship. Um, and, uh, yeah, and uh, when I talk about the ship being very large, it is very, very large. Jeremy on his show last week confirmed that in the middle of the ship there are two little lines down hatched lines and they are actually ladders so that is the scale it's a huge huge ship um anyway and in this article that was released it was a it was a i think said to know it was log entry for the ship and it's crash landed on the planet a planet that they don't know what it is and don't know what happened um and uh, but it was confirmed in that log entry that there were six survivors, which sort of points to potentially six, at least six uh, characters in this wave. Um, f- we got a name reveal uh, of Veloc as our first name reveal. Um, we don't really know what they do. It hints, but they were the first uh, uh, first member of the crew to uh, come out of stasis, um, and. Uh, yeah, and then we also know that there's a character, although we don't know who they are, but the character that's writing the logs, and it, it hints that there are other life forms on the planet. I think for me personally, we've got the six crewmates there, so we've got those as characters and whatever the, the species is on this planet, I think that's probably going to be the rest of them, I'd imagine. So yeah, I can see uh, that. I think, yeah, I, I well... I'm a bit torn on that one. That was my initial thinking after that uh, release, but I'm wondering because um, I'll talk more about uh, what came next and what we've had today, obviously. Um, um, but yeah, so uh, then what was it? A couple of days ago, the second article dropped, which was a, a much shorter story, a much shorter log entry. Um, it reveals the names of another couple of the surviving crew members, which is. Ularia, who was potentially the ship's navigator, um, because she got the sh- they, she worked out the navigation and the and and where they were, and it is confirmed as a planet Thraxen, which they confirm none of them have ever visited, and they don't know of it, and it's a, an uncharted planet deep in the fourth ring, um, and then the other character name we get is Cog who seems like he's possibly some sort of techie of some description because he's uh, um, he gets the uh, gets there uh, they've got a I can't see it now in the story uh, but yeah he's hotel the, system back online he's the cosmic briefly. IT guy isn't he yeah it seems that way doesn't it the cosmic uh, mal yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's further hints that there's uh, there are some natives on the planet. So again, as Guion said, there's sort of hints that the uh, potentially the rest of the wave outside of the six crew members are are natives or whatever is on this planet. Um, and there was also a uh, there was also an image of some rock 
in the comment that they don't know what that rock is. I don't know whether that's just story building, world building, you know, to this unknown nature of the planet. Uh, get that across. Um, some people sort of <laughs> thought that might be something to do with the native creatures, I think, if you looked on the Cabal. Um, you'll see. Um, and then today it all became much clearer. <laughs> um, although we still don't have all the re- all the information, I suspect there'll be some more stories until the time, uh, some more log entries. Um, the they uh, drop. Uh, it was revealed today that uh, this is a wave reveal that will be done the night before PowerCon, which is what happened with the first wave. They uh, revealed it uh, before PowerCon. 2021 was it um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah 2021. that's it um you know from a hotel room <laughs> uh, video up online remember, that with was them, in uh, uh california though wasn't it possibly i can't remember yeah i think it was when paragon was still out there yeah uh, yes so and then one of the big reveals of this the wave is actually called ox crew book one braxton which is where I go, oh, actually, are we just getting the ox crew in this wave and will there be a, a second wave a bit further along where we get other characters? Um, we can talk about that in a minute. Uh, yeah, and then I think the other thing of note is that in the uh, teaser, there's a very interesting look at a uh, little part of uh, some character that looks to be a very big chunky boy. <laughs> yeah, I think they're uh, getting reuse out of that uh, slog body, are they? Do you think that's what it is? I wonder if it's completely new. Oh, hard to know. Uh, yeah. I think it might be just new pieces going into it. And also on that, I wonder if we're going to, because he's got the uh, the logo of the ox and uh, what's it called again? The uh, Corgan ox. Uh, I wonder if we're getting... Uh, as the oxen crew, ox crew is going to be one of the affiliations that's revealed. Um, but yeah, so what are, what are people's thoughts? What are... yeah, I just from the image there, I just it's very appealing, more so than the other wave so far. Just strangely enough, I don't know, just this idea of this contained crew, I really like, and I don't know why, but it's giving me kind of a mech suit vibes anyway. Um, yep, I, don't know if that's the vibe <clears throat> I feel, I feel the same way, yeah, big beefy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yes, I must admit, I saw that and I thought they're not they're not going to do like a mech suit style sized character, are they? Because it almost looks like it could be, doesn't it? Hmm. Ooh, that would be nice. Maybe a mech suit with an opening at the top, where instead of Slog's head would be, it'd be open. They'd be able to drop like a character inside of it. They'd be able to yeah. operate it from there. Oh, that's what well, I was thinking. Be- as well. Oh my word! That Thanks, guys. Good. I'll be here all week. Don't forget. <laughs> that would be very cool. That would be very, very good. So I think we have what six crew members. So we have the IT guy, Clog. Yeah, Cog. Ul- I'm Ula- wondering if he's Ula- going to be Aria. Another... Is that another one? Yeah, Ula Aria. Yeah, navigation person, maybe Veloc. I'm wondering if. Cog's going to be another tetraderm like Kragnar going based off A's and double G's. <laughs> oh, maybe. We'll see. And then Veloc, yeah, is the other name we've got so far. Yeah. Do you think a bug will be in this wave? I think given the popularity of them, it would be smart <laughs> from a commercial point of view, at least. 
I just think maybe from it being like a, like a shipwrecked crew, I don't know if a bug would be a part of the crew. It just seems a little yeah, out of place, it, but who the, knows? It could be something that they come across. Yeah, maybe, yeah. That would be more likely, yeah. I'm hoping that the natives to the planet are all creatures. At least that's my hope. I was thinking of the native creatures, more like kind of rock men, but made of emerald. I don't know, they're kind of the mineral men, essentially. That was my idea. I don't know, from the, the second teaser that they showed, these kind of big hulking rock men, that was my initial thought anyway. That's what, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that tying into the dwarf collection then, so... Oh, well, I did go and uh, when they showed that teaser of the rock, I did go and look at uh, Kragnar to be like, would he pass as a rock body? But uh, I'm not so sure. So uh, if that is what they do, I think they'll have something else up their sleeve. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't. We don't get another Kragnar sort of species one because I'd like to see just all new stuff this time. You know, we've had lots of Svexians. Well, lots. We have three Svexians. Um, we've had a couple of very human-ish females and that sort of thing. It's like, let, let's go a bit more crazy now. Well, if it's a smaller wave, hopefully it incorporates newer tooling. I mean, not not to say that we've overworked the existing tooling because we're only three waves in, but it would be cool to expand the tooling library with some of this stuff already too. So um, that would be fun. Yeah, I think with um, I think with the success of the line and also with the success of Mythics, I think they can maybe afford a bit more tooling at this point in Cosmic than they may be good in Mythic. That would be my feeling, without running something like a Kickstarter, which obviously they did for Mythic in in the second Kickstarter. You know, maybe around this point. It's not point. So much of a gamble anymore. They're no, gonna, the, the the results will be successful. So I think they know they've got. Uh, X amount of fans that are going to buy on, you know, sight unseen almost. Um, and then it's just a question of growing it, you know, so they know they have their base of whatever X thousand orders and then they can afford to tool based on that. And obviously if it goes gangbusters for certain waves, obviously then they have a bit in the kitty to, to push the next wave a bit further. And I feel like that's the way it's going. Because obviously they're keeping the prices pretty steady based on what we're getting and based on what we're seeing in other lines, especially. I think that's the the key for me. You see what the Hasbro's of this world are doing with the prices. They're almost, they're up around, you know, they're up around the level of, you know, where this line is, but they're delivering what they were delivering at the $20 price point, you know. Okay, well, we're going to, Look forward to that reveal, and we'll have plenty to talk about from the 11th of August onwards. It's going to be fun. Let's move on to our main topic for the night, which is uh, the Dwarfs of Legions. And... uh, We prepared a little slideshow for ourselves that, uh, okay, this is an audio podcast, but we need to look at something to talk about. So we got the Dwarfs of Legions. And um, looking at the Dwarfs first, just to go by faction, it's actually quite spread around. You'd think with the Dwarfs that they might be kind of stuck in uh, various, uh, you know, maybe a lot of them in Noble Bear and that's it, maybe a few in the flock. 
and you're thinking that's it. Um, but no, we have three in Arathir, we have four in Noble Bear, we have three in Zylona's Flock, and then we have one each in Aetheron, Basilia, Necronominus, and Leodiceus. So the dwarfs are getting around. So there's really, there's only the dwarf vampire, I guess, that we're missing from uh, the brood. Yeah, I, I think in terms of species, or not species, but races for mythos, there isn't one that that doesn't. Co- I mean, these these pro- this race probably covers more than anyone else. I mean, even the humans, it's it's hard. They don't. I mean, there's not there's no humans in vampires because they're all vampires. There's no humans in Necronomicus because they're all skeletons. But you know, there's quite a wide coverage for the dwarves they're very nomadic i guess traveling yeah. through but and i'm sure at some point we'll we'll go into it but i've always wondered in terms of the lore at one point were they all part of one faction and then something happened that caused them to splinter out and go all over the place like i'd love to i'd love to pick jeremy's mind about that or eric's mind at some point and say were they all part of one faction in the beginning and then go where did it go from there like Bromden, like where was Bromden at the start? Like where where did he belong before you know? And we'll get there when we get to Bromden, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So, what was the attraction with the dwarves then for you guys? Say, Anthony, first. What 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 kind of were you always a dwarf guy? Is this a more of a religious um, thing or? I when I like growing up playing the game, like playing like video games and things like that. Every video, like most of the fantasy style video games, always incorporated a dwarf. In Golden Axe, there was a dwarf. If there was um, Gauntlet, there was a there was a dwarf in Gauntlet too, I believe, right? And you know, just Lord of the Rings, and just it, there was so much that you know that you had that that was going on. And when in doubt, I'm always a sucker for you know a really cool axe or a hammer, you know, as a weapon. And they just they appeal to me. I, I like I joked before about them being like the blue collar working class. Like I see them as the woodsmen, the miners, the, you know, all the, all that other stuff, the blacksmiths They you know, they, they could fill a lot of those roles in, in the, the idea of, of mythos. And it just excites me that what all they could do, the untapped potential for, for these characters in this line. Very cool. And Guion, were you always a dwarf guy? Yeah, um, growing up with Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings I kind of see as my Star Wars, really, my generation. So seeing Gimli there, obviously, <laughs> the Welsh connection with Jonathan Davis as the quintessential Gimli. So that definitely helped. And then, yeah, video games for me as well. Games like Dragon Age Origins and stuff really kind of fleshed out dwarves in a unique way. So that kind of really gave them personality, in my opinion. Um, that really, really helped. So yeah, with the figures, I think once I got my my first dwarf, but I can't remember off the top of my head which one that was really, I didn't really stop. In the dwarfs, we went through them, I went through them by release for to chat about. Um, so the first one we have is from uh, the faction, the Legion of Arathir, uh, and it's Bothar Shadowhorn. And now he's a fighter, and he is a great bio. We mentioned this before in our lore episode. Um, but he's a distant cousin of Thord Ironjaw, who's another dwarf, obviously, that we're going to talk about later. Both our Shatterhorn has little in common with his heroic kin. The Shatterhorn clan 
once proudly aligned with the army of Leodiceus, were long ago swayed by Arathir's promises of riches and power, Bothar's insatiable thirst for blood is eclipsed only by his hatred of Thord, whose Ironjaw clan serves as a grim reminder of what his people once were and what they have now become. So there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot going on here for for both our Shadowhorn, um, who's actually got a re-release in All Star Six, so everyone is able to get him again, which is uh, very cool. But uh, yeah, can, can we talk about how that re-release worked out? I mean, that, that yeah, that, that was, was a that was cool. a coor- I mean, that was a coordinated effort by by the by your group, Anthony. So I so think what, uh, kudos so is, did, in a, is in order for you guys. We, uh, I'm not saying that we should take 100% credit for it, but I'm gonna say maybe we could take like 88% credit for that. Maybe um, we decided as a group that. They, they gave us a really tough decision between Bromden and, and both are. And what we did was we appealed to the Kings under the mountain, which is the mythic legions dwarf fan group. Um, if you're not a member, please, you know, shoot out, you know, you know, try to try to join up with us. It's very easy to get in. There's a couple questions to, to ask or to answer. And, and, and uh, it's a lot of fun. We specifically talk about, mythic legion doors and customs and parts and pieces and things like that but anyway so we put together a quick poll and tried to decide who we wanted to uh solidify our vote for um and our candidate was was both are and don't get me wrong i voted for both because uh bromden in terms of character wise accessory pieces is a like a perfect figure because he can be an army builder. He can be all the other stuff, uh, soft goods and the weapons, but both are being an older figure, harder to come by. And at one point he was up for an all-star vote before. I'm not sure how many more times we're going to get that option to get him in there. So um, the fans united and, and went on to vote for him in terms of the colors. It's a, I know people complain about being a basic you know, armored character but it also makes great use for colors for customs you know being able to, to utilize the the armors for colors on the accent pieces and things like that so i think people are going to have a lot of fun with this so um yeah kings under the mountain pushed for uh pushed for both are and let's see what we push for next year yeah i think i think you have a you have a bit of a, a bit of voting power now a bit of a block so that's a that's something to work with. Uh, is this some? Is this figure you had a on already, or? Something? Yeah, I got this one already. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's style. It's right behind me here, actually. So yeah, it's with the other dwarves on display in the cabinet there. But it's a fantastic figure. And as Anthony yeah. said, the variety it gives and the nice coloring there really lends itself to customs really, really nicely and army building if you're inclined that way. Yeah, and I think, you know, when people say, oh, but I can just repaint a Legion Builder. I mean, that's not so straightforward, you know, as, as as it sounds, because that's a lot of painting. I mean, I repainted a Cosmic Legions figure uh, last week, and uh, that was a lot of work, you know, just just to do the basic base coats, you know, is, is a lot of work. And with this type of armor, you know, you can just do a few accents, and you already have a very, you know, very well-painted figure, 
not even you know a better standard than a legion middler you put a bit of color on one of the more of the accents or you just color a bit of the armor and you have a what looks like a totally repainted figure with a lot of still really good quality factory paint left behind whereas with the legion builder you often have to completely repaint it to 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 kind of get where you're going you know at least that's and let's my be honest experience. at the end of the day the, the factory paints are just yeah well i mean just, there's a reason why you know they they they're they're top notch here they're they're great so i see a lot of people trying to replicate and repaint to make their character you know take customs or take legion builders and make them look like the original characters and i get it sometimes you don't have a choice because the characters are harder to come by but get given the option to have him in his original factory paint scheme as opposed to you doing it yourself i'll, I'll take the factory one any day oh totally and and also when you see you know i got to see it now the last year at legions con you see kind of prototypes uh in person and you realize that the level of the prototypes is actually almost what we're getting from the factory, you know? Uh, now, you guys over there see that a bit more often, but like we really see it. We saw the prototypes for Necronominus and you could see with the level of paint that's on them, it's really good, but it's it's pretty much the factory level, you know, maybe slightly above, obviously, in small details. But, um, but yeah, they really do replicate it really, really well. And, you know, when you want to do a custom, you want to focus on the particular piece, you know, parts that kind of draw your eye. So, you know, having to repaint a whole figure is a lot of work that that maybe is a bit time consuming. So, you know, I, I, I do like to use parts from Legion Builders, but it is tough to do a whole custom from a Legion Builder. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you like to have uh, figures like both are that you can definitely use parts from. Uh, so you've got ready-made kind of well-painted parts to, to pop on your custom. I think that works really well. And then Mal, you got you got both her? No, no, I've never, uh, I actually, I always do this, don't I? I don't have many dwarves. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, um, both are, was before my time. Um, I'm actually really chuffed that we're getting him in All-Stars because he, he looks cool. I mean, everything that yourself and Anthony and, and I've said about okay, in some ways he is a simple paint scheme, but actually, I'd rather have it factory repaint, you know, factory paint version than have to try and do all that. And if nothing else, the joints because they'll come the right color, which you can't. You just well, you can have a go at dyeing depending on what color you want to dye it, but uh, even that's not perfect. So. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Bronze Dwarf is the next one we have, so that's a Legion Builder. Uh, this is one that came in the reinforcements uh, recently. Um, Bronze Dwarf is from Xylona's Flock, and it's a soldier. Legion Builder, makes sense. Um, and it's basically, so bronze, but it's not really bronze, it's kind of more of a gunmetal color with a lot of gold weapons and a gold set of horns. Uh, so what do we think of this one, guys? He's one I have an abundance of. I still have yeah. a lot of him in boxes ready you to went, go. For you custom. went heavy on the reinforcements for this guy. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, yeah. I think everyone did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the kings under the mountain have a have a have a lot of these under the mountain. I was um I was at the most recent Toy Con show and there was one sitting there. Part of I think I think it was part of their scratch and dead sale. And I was oh, yeah. just like I, I, I don't care. He was missing a horn. I was like, whatever, just 
give it to me. I'll, I'll take it. Like, you know, no dwarf left behind. So just throw them in the box with the rest of the other ones just sitting there ready to be made for something. Yeah. So this is a great parts pack. I mean, great for customs, great base. You can kind of, uh, you can already kind of get on with the color, uh, underneath, you know, just start dry brushing that base color and you've already got a lot of detail going on. But what's great with this one too, is if you wanted to incorporate 3d printed parts, like a different chest piece or a different pauldron or whatever to get that, as you called it, the gun metal, bringing that back to it to match it is a whole lot easier because of how dark it is. I feel like trying to match it than trying to do something like an Ignatius mother of pearl or even mm. like the orange steel high green. So if you are a novice uh, painter or customizer, this was one of those great figures to get your hands on to try to see what you could do to bring it up with a, with a proper wash of like a Nolan oil or something to bring it through to get that, that flake that was just in that gun metal. It just was a, a great, great uh, customizing figure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, this one was a was a very good one to re that they to re release, and uh, we all got a few in the reinforcements. Mal, you got you got some? No. This was a bit before I was uh, considering the customizing, so I just got oh. like the the one all in. I think at this point, and uh, that was it. Oh, reinforcements wave. No, I just got a couple, one of each that I wanted. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ridge. Oh, obviously, I, I just bought one. Not. Um, I bought 14. <laughs> one team. Yeah, I bought 14 of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but dwarfs, I'm not really into. What was fun with this was when they did the sale, they had a cap limit of how many you could get for the first, I think it was the first 24 hours. And then yeah. it was a no limit, go buy however many you wanted. And if memory serves me right, he was not, you know, how they love to say how, you know, the dwarves are always like, you know, the financially, you know, the, the worst selling for, for the figures. Yeah. Um, at the end of this sale, the, the dwarves were sold out. They still had skeletons and goblins left over. Yeah, them yeah. When they closed the goblins the out, they, never, I think they finished yeah. the sale and there was definitely in the hundreds of goblins and the skeleton yeah. engine builder was... Um, was definitely loads left but I, as well. I, th I think the Sir Gerards went first, yep. and the Barbarian Builders went, and then the Templars went, Black Knights, and then the the Bronze was, Dwarf was, you know, pretty fast in that cycle of characters yeah. getting sold out. So just throwing it out there that, you know, no, they're not good. as, uh, you good know, they, they sell a lot better nowadays. Good figure, you get a lot. And I think, yeah, it's that people got over that initial thing that they're getting a smaller figure, um, you know, when they bring in the 2.0s and the goblins and stuff like that, you know, suddenly the dwarfs actually feel quite chunky and big. <laughs> it what, what he lacks in stature, he makes up for in cool, though, doesn't he? He's one of the yeah. cooler figures you can get, the dwarves are. Yeah. They are. Even the gold weapons, fun. I mean, you know, just stick a wash over them and you've got a really uh, detailed thing, you know, because it's really nice gold, you know. It's almost, it I think, the gold that goes with Leodysius, you know. Which, oh. Annoyingly, annoyingly, I put him on my shelf and he fell off, so his shield broke. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> just the clip? Yeah, yeah. Just, ah, magnet, magnet. I, I have so uh, many shields now that I have just put magnets on. 
I see but, glued it at the time, but yeah, I'd probably magnetize, do a magnet on, now. If on I a little it. tangent about the gold, so I was putting my Attila, because I had a lot of my recent figures on, you know, kind of around the place, and I was trying to tidy up. I was putting my uh, at, uh, Attila from uh, the Tactics Waves on the shelf, and I had the old one. I was like, jeez, what were they thinking with the gold and the old one? <laughs> you know, they just didn't have the plan, I think, you know, because... Uh, you look at Magnus now and Attila and you got and Fastia and um, the other Hadriana, she has bits of gold and it makes sense. <laughs> but with the, the, the back, old Attila, it's like, standards. what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we're on to my faction. This is my favorite faction. Uh, and this is the one dwarf in that faction, but maybe only one dwarf, but he's he's a proper cool dwarf. Um, You want to read his bio, Mal? Okay. Give um, the people what they want. <laughs> One of the mysterious magic wielders from the Evergrey Mountains, Joran Runeshaper is a great harnesser of the natural elements. While dwarves are not typically known for learning the magic arts, Joran showed great promise from a very young age. Wizened and hardened by years of conflict, he's not only a powerful warrior, but also a mentor and a guiding voice to his allies. That's another proper dwarf character, you know. When you when you read when you start to read this stuff, you realize, yeah, these are these are really cool characters. These guys, um, yeah. He, my Jorand uh, has a little special place in my heart as well because I got him from Travis Bowles when he was doing a kind of a sale there on the, his Patreon page or their podcast Patreon page a few years ago. Got him for eighty dollars when he when he was very hard to get, so I was very happy. And he actually shipped international, which was even more. Hard to believe. I have a Travis Dwarf story too. We'll get there pretty soon. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's Joran for me. Uh, yeah, I love this figure. The blue, the blue armor, the head was very unique until uh, we got the repainted one in the heads pack. Um, so that was kind of driving the price as well. I I I think. But um, what do you think of Joran, Guyan? I think he's fantastic. He stands out straight away in the collection. All the same heights, but he stands out with that colour scheme. It's, uh, yeah. it's a fantastic piece. And the bio itself, we've learned so much more about Jordan since with Sir Andrew and stuff and his mentor role. Yeah, I think that's, that's really right, nice. yeah. Really nice. So, that's a good, very yeah, I think good he's point. a character that can go further. Yeah, and you got the you got the blue and the green, which normally shouldn't work, but it really works here. And then you got the little purple helmet and the green wings. And it just all comes together. And then the red cape, but, you know, cape, cape is cape, but cool uh, contrast with the color there. And he also comes with the blue bucket helmet. So you can also, if you were smart back in the day, you could have had a little, a little mage's guard of a couple of helmeted dwarves beside him. I don't know who these days has the luxury of that, but. Yeah, I wasn't one of those smart ones. I bought one and I totally regret that decision. Because I would have loved to have had an army of those finely yeah. colored warriors. And he's um, he's already been an all-star in All-Stars yeah. 2. So, um, well, there's hope for him mistake. to be part of the uh, a future alumni vote, maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I could see it definitely with the unique colors. Him and uh, some of the dwarfs that really have this kind of bright metallic. Um, they will become attractive figures for people in the future to get, you know, harder and harder so to I, recreate. 
I own all of it's not a humble flex, but I own each of the, the doors. Like, and well, I mean, come on, you're king under the mountain. I expect that. I worked my way through to get them all, but you know, but one thing I try to do is I keep them for the most part original with the exception of maybe a slight modification here or there. Like when we get to Thord, I'll, I'll tell you what my modification was for him, but for Jorn, I'm really, really looking forward to the Poxus wave coming to replace a sphere for one of those amazing staffs. Like I'm thinking Zende oh, staff yeah. would probably look great with him, with it being charged and having power coming up through it. Um, I think that that would probably be the only thing I would add to him to make him better. And then maybe you can use some magic effects as well. Obviously, those magic effects, yeah. you know, the the conversation of Basilia. You're going to get a couple of boxes of those magic effects and kid out a lot of the Imagine him, him going into battle riding on a, a, a Rakagore. <laughs> and there's another Rakagore I need. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I have one. Anthony has one. Guyon has one. Mal? No. No, it was before my time again. Um, Gutted because, uh, I, you know, one of the things that was so cool, well, is so cool about Cosmic and was so cool about the Poxus Wave is how colourful they were. Um, and he's so colourful, as you've as we said, he stands out compared to a lot of uh, the existing figures who uh, are much more muted tones. I, I, I'd love to get my hands on him at some point, but uh, I'll have to wait for him to be in another All-Stars vote or something because they ain't paying enough. hundreds of pounds for it <laughs> yeah so for me i'd love to see another dwarf or two in basilia for sure maybe a little uh you know trainee for for jorand as well but um we'll have to wait and see i don't know if we'll get there but uh, it's very cool to have him so let's move on to another very colorful dwarf orn steelhild so uh, he's, john before we go forward yeah. with your permission I would yeah. love for you guys to be able to share this um, yeah. chart that you that you put together oh, totally, so eloquently yeah. uh, for the for the Kings of the Mountain group to be able to you know as a reference point because this this was amazing. Like I I have looked through this thing several times because it's just great for being able to put them all together. Because when we when you first invited uh, us to be a part of it, I was thinking going, oh my god, it's going to take me forever looking through Source Horseman trying to find all the guys and the different factions and but you put this together and and this is oh, this yeah, is amazing. Yeah. This is what we do here, you know. <laughs> Actually it wasn't that hard. I mean, it's a lot of copy and paste from from the website. It's just a matter of doing it. But um but yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have and uh, anything that makes the discussion a little bit uh, flow a bit better is obviously cool and very happy to share it. Uh, under the understanding that obviously it's all Fort Horseman's work, we all know that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's in a group <laughs> group about Four Horsemen stuff, and it's in a podcast about Four Horsemen stuff. So I think they're good. Um, yeah, so definitely will we'll share it uh, in the group with the with the share of the podcast. That's for sure. And you can maybe isn't there a way you can leave you can have files as a resource on the group as well? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so we can pop it in there as well. But uh, yeah, definitely share it with the with the podcast share. So uh, yeah, so you, if you're listening along, go to the Kings Under the Mountain. And uh, if you're not a member, join up and uh, look for this doco. Um, okay, we got Orn Steelhide 
from Zylona's flock. So he's a he's another soldier, but uh, he's got a very cool green and kind of green metal and brownish kind of bronzish color scheme. Um, he was in All Stars one, uh, which is a bit of a I don't I don't count that as an All Stars wave because uh, that was so long ago now. <laughs> They need to they need to disregard them from the alumni and just put them back in the main pot as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, so he's hailing from the tiny dwarven town of Emberdale, deep in the green top forest. Prince, ooh, Prince Ornsteelhide stands tall, even amongst this unusual tribe of dwarves. Unlike other races, dwarves, uh, other races of dwarves, the Embradelians are light-footed and often spend their time moving swiftly among the treetops. Joyful and light-hearted, Orn is as comfortable leading his comrades in a raucous Embradelian folk song as he is leading them into battle. So this, this is kind of pushing that dwarf, cranky kind of small man syndrome on its head. It's kind of reversing it. So I like that already. And again, the colour scheme on this guy I mean, they said uh, originally that this was quite an under-ordered uh, figure, which is why they popped it into All-Stars 1, because All-Stars 1 wasn't a vote. Back in the day, that was uh, the horseman picking kind of a couple of really popular figures, but also uh, some figures that they thought were underproduced and that people were looking for. Um, but yeah, this guy, I mean, I don't have this guy. Uh, I won't get him unless he's re-released or... or uh, you know, somebody accidentally sells them for a very low price because <laughs> I, I, I tend to look forward. But um, yeah, a very cool figure. Anthony, what do you think of this guy? So I have him as, you know, as I've stated before, but get so the story of me acquiring him wasn't through a purchase. It was doing a commission job for a huge diorama back when I was still doing diorama work. Um, and that was literally the payoff. It was like a three foot long, multiple room diorama piece. And this was the payoff. And I would have done an eight foot diorama to get this figure. <laughs> like he's the, the, the picture, I know, I know it's said a lot, but the pictures don't do the figure justice, but the way that those colors pop, um, it's beautiful. And I know he comes with the alternate beard version, but when you see that the way that the figures is shown with, with the short, with the, with the standard helmet, which Believe it or not, that helmet is my favorite way to display my dwarves. Like I prefer that over the the beard hanging under it because all the beards are the same. Um, so I just envision those guys just kind of tucking it inside the beard or inside the helmet, like that's just open space in there. Um, I I prefer that. I, I mean, it would have been cool maybe to see another row of that armored section underneath, but. It's it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite helmets, and I love how they've managed to kind of like put it on um, the uh, Stratos, the Xenathon figure. You know, has used it now, and you know, still makes its way through. And then people like Chris Ferone had taken it with the the clip beards and was yeah, able to clip it. I, have, I got a few of them at Legion's Con, and they're cool. Yeah, they're very cool. Yeah, and then you, so, as you very, say, you can give it a bit of variety with those. Yep, yep, very very useful piece. Um, it's, again, the colors just so amazing, and how it all fits in with the flock. Um, and the and and he just stands there with the elves and stands there with uh Thistlethorn, and they all just have that same 
greenish motif, and you can tell they're all part of the same faction. Guion, what's uh, what's your opinion on this guy? I think he's my first dwarf. I think this is the first one I got, really. So, yeah, all those years ago, and he's just, again, as Anthony said, just the the colour of it, he just stands out straight away. Um, His backstory, I think it lends itself really well to maybe growing that faction within Zylona's flock a bit more, really. I know that we've seen um, Orn's face in the comic, but maybe we can have a bit of diversity there, really, in uh, complexion and skin colour, really, and see maybe the difference within that dwarven tribe, really. I don't know. I think he's a fantastic figure, really, really unique. Yeah, and I love the the bio, just the kind of happy dwarf. That's that's really that's really cool. Makes it kind of almost makes sense with the armor. Yeah, I remember I was deep into collecting Motu Classics at the time uh, the first Kickstarter launched, and I remember seeing some pictures from it. And uh, this is the guy I remember from it, just because of the color scheme. It just popped out, you know. Uh, so even though I didn't get drawn in then because I was very deep in classics um, financially, but uh, yeah, you live and learn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this guy. Just just from the colour scheme, you, you can't forget him, you know, whether you like him or not, almost. Mal, I didn't see him on your shelf when I was there. Now I've got him. Yeah, oh, you got there. him, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I got lucky, got him on Evil Bay Shoot. for a good price. But yeah, I, I, I can't, yeah, everything everyone else has said, he's so good. There's something quite striking about him, um, you know. captures you. He's one of the ones I do sort of find myself just sitting and looking at. But I... I I'm the opposite to Anthony. I, I really like to display them with the beards, even even though I agree they're all pretty generic, the beards are. There's just, I don't know, that to me is a dwarf, you know, that's the little beardy fella. I, I get it. I get it both sides of it, yeah. I can sit in the fence with that opinion. <laughs> um, uh, I kind of purposely don't read ahead these bios if I don't know them because I, I like to have my natural reaction on the show. So I love that. Sorry, he also Anthony. actually had the longer skirt, the knight armor skirt too. I don't know if ah, you picked up yeah. on that. That's right, yeah. Oh, he's so great. Okay, don't make me go on eBay. Okay, now here's a guy that was pretty cool. And I remember for All-Stars 2, uh, some guy in the original message board that was kind of was around the time I got in on the advent of Decay, as I've said before. And so All-Stars 2 was just a little bit after that. Uh, and they still had the four the Source Horseman message board, so before the kind of Facebook group. And there was a guy posting in there daily during the All-Stars vote um, for All-Stars 2 about Silver Dwarf, and he had so many cool memes and whatever. So uh, I don't think Silver Dwarf made it in the end. He was near the top, but that was a weird vote. They hadn't... Uh, you could vote every day in that, like you could vote as often as you like, so it was a bit of a crazy system that they Is that used. one of the... All stars where they ended up with like someone was able to rig the votes. Is that when they had? Yeah, to yeah. It? I mean, there was well, the, you could see how many votes were for each character, and it was like they had like something like thirteen, fourteen thousand votes for like you know the the, the leading character. <laughs> you knew there wasn't that many people in the community. You know? Yeah. So, so there was something uh, fishy going on, but uh, I think they got mostly the right figures, and then they threw this guy in as a bonus with the Templar and the skeleton. I think. Um, but he was a very welcome addition. Uh, so he's a, yeah, he's a soldier from the Zylonus flock. Obviously the Legion builders don't have bios. Uh, another great custom uh, base. 
Um, and he's one that you can kind of stick a head on and you don't need to do much with. Uh, and he looks really good. The silver that they use, the kind of flat silver they used for this guy really pops out. Anyone have multiples of these, Guion? You? Not multiples, no. <laughs> I have one currently on the chopping board yeah. as a custom. That's okay. currently in the process and the works. Yeah. So, yeah, he's probably my favourite Legion builder. I think he, yeah, the striking, See. the horns, all of it, I think it's just, it works really, really nicely. Like you said, you don't yeah, really like have those to do long, much to make it stand out. I like those long horns on the on that helmet. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, My hope it. is that when they do the next round of reinforcements that we get this guy. Yeah, that um, be because sweet. everything that I did for the bronze builders will pale in comparison to what I'll do <laughs> for the silver builders. Yeah. Um, my story of acquiring him was kind of funny because I grabbed him and Joran at the same time for an in-stock sale for the All-Star afterwards. So for me, it was one of those late night sales where it popped up. And of course, at the time before, this was before Jeremy had taken over. So that meant everyone logged on, the system yeah. crashed before the sale even began. And I'm laying in bed trying to do this thing. And I had a gift card, like a Visa gift card that had the preload of cash, had everything in my cart, got ready to process it. And it told me that the card wasn't taken here. I didn't realize it. I hadn't activated the card. So I was frantically running, trying to activate this thing over the phone, get it activated, jump back on. And I don't know how through some miraculous gift of the great four beast i was able still to grab these guys and get them at the same time wow that's uh yeah i remember uh, my kids were so it's a good few years ago now but yeah one of my kids my youngest must have been two or three or maybe two i'd say at the time uh, uh when i kind of got into those early in stock sales and i remember one night being up in the middle of the night uh for the sale and then he woke up and I remember in the, being in the sitting room, kind of in the dark with my phone. And it was just loading this sales page on the old sh storefront. Uh, and he eventually went back asleep. And I think the sales page loaded an hour later. <laughs> I don't I don't miss those days. No, people have a good now. I mean, you know, it's fine if it, or it's OK. It can be annoying if you miss, especially those those COVID very limited in stock sales. But it can be a pain if you miss a figure on the in-stock sale. But at least now it's pretty clear after five minutes if you've missed one and you can get on with yeah. your day, uh, which, OK, you might be annoyed and uh, please don't post about it, but you might be annoyed. Uh, but, you know, get on with it. Talk to a friend in person about it. Get it off your chest. But at least, yeah, you're not waiting, staring at this loading screen for two hours, you know, like like you're trying to buy Taylor Swift tickets or something, you know. <laughs> and then suddenly it's back on and everyone jumps back on it and the sister crashes yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So Silver Dwarf, uh, Rich, how many customs do you have with a Silver Dwarf base? Uh, so I've got one original um, and I've got one custom that I bought from Jeremy Gerard. Uh, he did a custom template dwarf using one of these guys as the base. So I've got that as well. So technically two. It's a brilliant cool. figure though. Yeah, I kind of, I do have this thing of trying to keep at least one of each figure that I own is in the original. But I'm um, coming around with Legion Builders to maybe not being as strict on that. No, I'm, um, I'm the same way, you know. John. I, I, I keep one original. And yeah. late, lately, it's been trying to keep one still in the box. Oh, nice. 
That's, yeah, hard to do. But, but that's a that's a tough that's a yeah. tough road to go down. I think Mal, you've you've gone for maybe some of the like the Legion's Con exclusives and that you maybe keep one yeah. in the box or I, I, I do that, I do that too. That's yeah, not that's, been fun. That's a lot of extra boxes laying around. Yeah, yeah. A figure they're obscure big as well. <laughs> yeah, that's but the boxes are so nice. Yeah, but I do that's keep the boxes for yeah. the really nice uh, figures, and I try and keep. Uh, the bio cards and stuff. Um, Mal Silver Dwarf, did we get your two cents on? No, uh, Silver Dwarf's not one I've got. I, he was again before no. my time. Yeah, unfortunately. Although actually, he's not one. I'm saying like, no. If he turned up, he'd be cool. But he's not of all. He's probably of all the dwarves, the one that I get. I'm least sort of bust by. Let's put it that way. Okay. Very good. So now we move on to on, a very. Uh, exclusive dwarf. Sorry, Rich. Yeah, I was just going to say, can we skip past this one? Because I passed up on this at seventy pound because I decided <laughs> it was pretty expensive. So let's just Rich, move on. You don't have to talk Rich, about it. You're really working way gonna... up to the top of my list for Legion's Con. You're, you're going right past Sean Scavarna now at this point. <laughs> so, Rich, I'd like you to read the bio for this one, if you please. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, as Sir Valgard from the Order of Etheron. As a veteran so. warrior who once fought under Sir Gabriel Heavensbrand's leadership, Sir Valgard offers wisdom and guidance to Heavensbrand's son, Sir Gideon, in the newly enlightened age of the Order of Aetheron. Long ago, the Order was a shining star among the factions and was both devout and righteous. But as time passed, the faction became corrupt, deteriorating into an institution afflicted by greed and discrimination that sought to serve the needs of only the wealthiest denizens of mythos. As the first in a new wave of non-human warriors to join the faction, Sir Valgard is an inspiration and a true symbol of the Order of Aetheron's return to greatness. Oof, it's a tough, it's such a cool figure, but that's a tough bio now. <laughs> so, Sir Valgard, uh, I know Guion, uh, from chatting to you, you've, uh, you've a tough Sir Valgard story. Yeah. Oh, it's worth the riches, I think, personally. Um, I used to have him. He was my grail by a country mile. And um, about three years ago, I had to sell him for £100. Um, yeah, and I regret it to this day. It's, it genuinely makes me feel sick talking about it. I feel like an absolute sorry, mate, idiot, sorry, but I genuinely mate, need but, money at the time. But we have to, we so. have to give a, we have to give a fair reflection of what it's like to be a collector here, you yeah. know, and this, these are the things that we have to... And Rich, to be honest, although you passed it up for £70, all you'd have is just the profit you made from eBay between... Oh, no, yeah, the chances no are way you'd still have still, it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, there is no way you would have been able to... You'd have looked at eBay and gone, oof, yeah. you know. But Guion, do you see what yeah. I was talking about earlier about John and the dislike of Welsh people? He's trying to break <laughs> us both now with this, uh, <laughs> this figure. Oh, I just see I, you every time, genuinely. Uh, just, uh, I love Welsh people, but but <laughs> yeah, rugby is, is a tough sport, you know. We need, to, we need to keep you in your place, you know. <laughs> But yeah, the only figure. bad thing I can say about Welsh people is rugby. Yeah, it is a fantastic figure. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for um, sure. That's all points. So, Anthony, this is probably a place in your dwarf collection, I'm sure. Yeah. So this is my Travis story. Um, oh, cool. Hit us so up. So I, you know, was way late into the into the collection at this point and realized that trying to get my hands on this figure was going to be incredibly difficult. In fact, uh, 
Patrick Boyle has one and is not a big fan of it. And, you know, he has told me that upon the time of his passing, he's going to, you know, give it to me, you know, in, in his will. And, you know, it's funny. He refuses to go skydiving with me every time I offer it. I just, I, we've tried bungee jumping. I've tried a whole bunch of different things with him. He just won't, he just won't go for it. But um, so G-Con in 20, I think it was the virtual, I think it was the virtual uh, Legions Con. So that would be 2020. Um, I had won a Kairos test shot in one of the, in the con and you know, how they were doing the giveaways. Um, and I had also got a Torgan uh, Redfin test shot. So I had two test shots. Um, and then Travis had posted, might've been just in the support group in the, my wife's going to kill me support group that he had acquired a bunch of figures and that was sitting in there. And I said, Hey, what do you, what do you want for it? And he said, well, what do you got? And I said, well, I've got two test shots. And he goes, ah, you know, that's, that's okay. And I said, well, I've got something else I could send you too. And I had just finished making a Caddy Bree um, custom and obviously his love of Dritz and all that stuff. I, so I sent him those three things and he sent me the figure and he said, there's a story behind it. I'll wait till you have it before I tell you the story. So I get it and I let him know I have it. And he, he FaceTimes or he sends me a video message through uh, messenger. And he tells me that he acquired that in a trade with CB for a bunch of stuff. So this, my, my Valguard was part of CB's collection, which then in turn became wow. part of Travis's collection, which then meant I probably needed to soak that thing in so much sanitizer because God only <laughs> knows what it's seen or where it's been that I just, you know, needed to make sure it was good to go. But my, my Valguard has, 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 has seen a lot, has seen a lot. Um, the yeah, only between thing that those I have, two guys, definitely. Yeah. So the only thing that I have different for mine in terms of an upgrade is um, I took the four horsemen faction, the banner faction. Um, yeah. And I, uh, at one point I created these back plugs that fit into the back of the characters or like where the wing adapters go. And I created yeah. a, a, a friction tight hole that you could slide the banner holes up into. So mine displays the four horsemen faction logo uh, with it. And oh, cool. But yeah, that's, this this one's got you know this one's like number two or number three in my heart for for the dwarf characters just because of what the rarity behind it i would never want to see a version two of this figure just because of what it what it means fair enough yeah no i i mean i think as as a kickstarter exclusive i think that's that we will never see a version two but um but we might get that justin johnson dwarf who's a a trainee of Valgards. Um, we shall see. Cool. Yeah, I, I had, I had him down for last uh, G-Con or even All Star Six, but no, not yet. So I think he might get a, a special release within one of those, like uh, reinforcements, maybe or something. That's possible. Yeah, that would be my guess at this point. Mal Sir Valgard. Did you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a chance. Uh, you didn't get, you didn't no, get lucky. No, you didn't buy Guyans. No, no, no. Um, 
Jesus, that'd be a nightmare if you had, Matt. I actually, when Guyan was telling me that, and you know, on the messages, I actually thought, oh, oh, I wonder was that Rich that bought it off? <laughs> that would have been funny too, because if it was like a Toy Story moment where it had his name written on the boot underneath <laughs> <him and> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So. Sir Valgard, fantastic. If yeah. you ever get a chance to get him uh, for what you're willing to pay, go for it. You won't regret it. Um, and he'll always retain his value because I think he'll always be rare. Uh, so definitely a cool figure. And uh, yeah, probably missing in a lot of our collections. Ooh, now we're, we're on to a... God, we're on a good run here. It's the House of the Noble Bear, Thord Iron Jaw. Oof. This is, look at look at that paint, it's excellent. Just when you look at these figures properly, I mean, yeah, we need another Tord. Imagine that in a 2.0. Yeah. Um, when Atlas the Conqueror was banished from the army of Laodiceus, it was Tord Ironjaw who first came to his aid. With a predisposed disdain for the ancient orders and the kingdoms that bore them, Atlas's banishment only added fuel to the fire, burning deep in Thord's soul. Together they realised that the only way to change the corrupt state of the world was to assemble a great army of their own. With Atlas's help, Thord conceived his fellow dwarfs from the Graven Mountains to unite and create the spark that will set the fire of a rebellion. Ah, that feels so like again, goosebumps. And yeah, very cool. I don't want to read Shem you there, John, but he convinced his fellow dwarfs rather than conceiving them. Because that's a whole different toy line. Ah, sorry. Convinced. You're right. <laughs> I'm sure he has great sexual prowess as well, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, something I want to point out that we talked about privately in our chat, that there's yeah. a, some weird wording in here that, you know, I could be speculating, but we are nearing G-Con and, you know, the hope is that we will get House of the Noble Bear versus uh, the Sons of the Red Star. And when you see that Thor convinced his fellow dwarves from the Greybane Mountains, wouldn't that be cool if the House of the Noble Bear had their own builder and it was the Greybane Dwarves? It would be amazing. I mean, you know, and then Thor leading them because, you know, now there's uh, Leodesius as the deluxe built earth as the um, cavern dwarves and the flock has silver and bronze dwarfs, so why wouldn't the House of Noble Bear have their own army builder of dwarves? And who better yeah. to lead them than Thor? And then we could get a Thor 2.0 with his little army, and we could actually be in a position where we'd be smart enough to buy that yeah. in significant numbers. I mean, that would work yeah. well, because it'd be two less barbarians in the wave, so that's <laughs> positive for me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You better you got hire your you got your Alithia wave. Be quiet down there. You better hire protection in November. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I've had a word with Sean Scavano already, Anthony. So uh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's only going to be able to truffle shuffle his way out of so many things here. <laughs> uh, Guyon, you have got a third. Oh uh, no, I don't. No, he's one no. that's been like. It's elusive, but that bio is the best dwarf bio by Adventure Man, in my opinion. The yeah, character, I think he, 
<laughs> him and Bromden for, for me, not Bromden, uh, both are, sorry. So there's a kind of link between their bios, but yeah, this bio is next level. Yeah, agree, agree 100%. Well, Man, you got him. Sorry, me. No, no, I haven't got him no. again before my time. I would like Anthony. <laughs> what's what's cool is it it unites like a whole a whole family because you've got Thord and you've got Bromden and then you've got the cousin of um, uh, uh, both are. Which if he's only Thord's cousin, that doesn't say anything of a cousin to Bromden. So that makes you question what the relationship between Thord and Bromden is because uh, Torgan and Bromden are half brothers. So like it's got these weird yeah, like relations, but you're not, not sure where they all fall in line. It's never been established yet in the lore. Um, you know, in my, in my head, I had always envisioned Thord as like the son of Bromden and, um, and uh, both are as like the, you know, the evil nephew kind of thing, convincing Bromden to join the side of Arathir and, you know, Torgan as the crazy uncle kind of, you know, off to the side. And, um, but, you know, we hopefully can find out when the book comes out soon. Maybe I'm totally way off the mark. Yeah. No, I think you're probably not, but uh, it's going to be very exciting with that book. So you better crack on. Also, just last thing on Thor, he has a proper ginger beard, which I think uh, for a dwarf, that's very much appreciated I, my, well, my the, I think the majority of not the majority but there's a good number of yeah. the the dwarves have the ginger beards right because we've got Bromden we've got Thord we've got yeah. Torgan um Torgan one, them, yeah. you know with with them so yeah. yeah for sure I think and often when I paint a 3d dwarf head I always I'm drawn to painting them kind of ginger reddish beard I sometimes have to stop myself because I'm kind of just done in three dwarf heads with that color. I need to vary it up, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, speaking of another ginger beard, we have King Bromden from the Leader Legion of Arathir. Uh, you want to take us through this one, Mal? Uh, the bio, you want me to read it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The dwarven kingdom of Ironhold has long prospered by transforming the metals of the Grey Vein Caverns into mass masterfully crafted weapons, while their neighbors, the cave goblins of Gob Hollow, made their fortunes by trading on the cavern's wealth of jewels and gems. There are two, they are two of Mythos's richest and most incompatible kingdoms, working side by side in a volatile but highly efficient balance. Seeing an opportunity to expand his fortunes, the once noble King Bromden has put his righteousness aside and along with King Noglin is stressing, is steering the cavern kingdoms towards a new and dangerous deal with Gorgoatha Blade that could lead to either a new beginning or a bitter end for his people. Yeah, and another cool bio, but and another uh, grey vein caverns, so another grey vein reference there. Um, so obviously Thord is on top of the mountain and Bromden is inside the mountain. Um, yeah, I purposely chose for our little reference picture here, uh, the picture that shows you just what you get with Bromden. Um, and it's just the array of stuff, the, the amazing kind of dwarven shield that you, that you got in, uh, the Avent of Decay that David there, um, massive big sword 
that cool axe, dwarven kind of axe, a uh, big uh, uh, hammer. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Lost the word. Hammer, uh, like the one that you get with Thump, uh, paint, and all, these are all painted in kind of gold and kind of, you know, with a kind of black wash over them. And also a knight helmet. Uh, so you can have, again, the dwarven guard for your king, which I think a few more people have that than they have uh, for the older dwarves. But um, for for uh, example, for Jorund. Um, so this is, uh, yeah, this for me is probably my favorite dwarf in terms of just the look and what you get and value for money. Um, he's still easy, still easier to get. I mean, he was, I, I think at the last Legion's Con, he appeared at some stage during the, the day on the table. Maybe not very many of them, but uh, I definitely know some people picked him up. So he has been available as recently as that from the horsemen in limited quantities. So, um, but yeah, he's a cool fig. Gui, and I take it you have definitely got this guy. Yeah, I've got quite a few Brondon angels, to be fair. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he lends himself, like I said, to army building, that kind of royal guard yeah. element. Fantastic figure. Yeah. Really, really good. And like, I'm glad that we got um, both that and the, and the all-star wave. I think Brondon would have been a fantastic replacement as well, you know? The, as an oh, yeah, yeah. dwarf, I don't think you can get better in that sense. For Yeah, I was, I was just happy we got a dwarf, and I would have been happy between both. Obviously, I think, yeah, I had a Bromden. I didn't have a, a Bothar, so suited me. But uh, I would have probably bought a few more <laughs> Bromdens than I did Bothars. Yeah. You know, just, you know, that's just how it is. But uh, in and terms Jeremy's, of the characters. Jeremy yeah, said Bromden did pretty well, though, didn't he? So Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 it, he if was, it was open to, to five or if it was open to yeah. another another place, uh, the community would have gone mad with two dwarves in the yeah. all-star lineup because oh, yeah. the, that's how that was going to shake down. He's, you would have, you'd be still lording it up, Anthony. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I'd be, I'd be riding that wave for you know for another two years. <laughs> you'd be surfboarding into Legion's yeah. Con, yeah. I made that, that happen. <laughs> yeah. he, what I'd say about Brom, this figure, Bromden, is he's one of those figures that if someone said to you, "What is it about this line? Why, why are you so enamoured with it?" What, what, you'd, you'd hand them that, wouldn't you? And I mean, it's there's not much. Yeah, it's not another. It's like the barbarian builder that a lot of people say. You know, if you could send someone one figure, he's another one. Like if you could send someone one figure from a fantasy line, you know, fantasy. Everyone knows dwarves from Lord of the Rings, so yep. you know. This is one of the ultimate type of dwarf type figures and cool bio. He's a bad guy. Um, he's made some packs. He's kind of put his cards on the table and he has to kind of live with the consequences. And let's see further down the story how that plays out for him. So I'm, but, I'm uh, curious to know what faction he was aligned with before he went to Arathir yeah. because he changed sides. So was he... Yeah. Leodesius with both are and all that's like where yeah, where where does that fall beforehand again lore questions that i'd love to know in the book at some point um john you mentioned uh availability for him actually the last toy con um the sunday because you know how they they have a i'm not sure if you're aware or not but 
when they go to mm-hmm. these shows, they'll have like a Saturday box and a Sunday box of like lesser yeah. count figures. Um, mm-hmm. They had for Sunday a few of the Bromdens, and I grabbed the second to last Bromden that was available. So wow. I'm guessing that means that Bromden's no longer going to be oh, wow. seen at shows. Yeah. So um, was it coincidence that Bromden was available the day that I was that I announced that I was going to the show. I don't know, but we'll just, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just, you know, leave that up for speculation. They were, they were fishing for you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then linked with Bromden is the Cavern Dwarf, Legion of Arathir, uh Dwarf Soldier. He comes with, I mean, that was the benefit of the Advent of Decay Kickstarter. They were throwing accessories in left, right and center as they, as they went past stretch goals. So this guy has a number of cool accessories, including that shield that you got with Bromden in a more flat paint scheme, but, you know, pretty easy to to, to paint up yourself if you wanted to to make it, uh, you know, stand out. And he comes with the unbearded helmeted head and the bearded head. So you get a lot of dwarf. I think in terms of Legion builders, this guy's the best value. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you wanted to say that Bromden bang for your buck is the best standard figure in terms of parts and pieces. The cavern dwarf hands down is the best bang for your buck Legion builder due to the sheer volume of parts and pieces that he has available. Um, yeah, you, you know, you can part them out and make them two different characters. The, the horns, you could use the horns. You could not use the horns and just put the, the level of weapons that he comes with. You could, you could create a, an army of, eight different characters just with the, the the figures and the parts that comes with each one. Totally. Yeah. Guion, did you, have you used this guy as a custom yeah. base at all or? Yeah, quite a few times. Again, just really lends yeah. itself nicely. The paint match is a bit difficult compared to the yeah. others, but the pieces yeah. are just really unique. The shield, fantastic. Really, really good. So I'm just in, in the middle of painting or repainting a shield now. So just for a cool. piece cool. of so really fun. Yeah. Don't be like me. You know that middle part pops out because when I when I repainted that shield the first time, I didn't realize the middle part popped out. So I was trying to get in under the edges. <laughs> I did that the first time. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, yeah. yeah so <laughs> there you go. We're in the same boat. We're in the same yeah. boat. Rich, you have a custom army of based on this guy or not? I've got a few of him. I got four or five of him. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done a like a gladiator using him. Um. I've got a couple of boar warriors, pig warriors, and one of those is based around this armor color sort of thing. So yeah, I love this character. Cool. And, Matt, and as opposed to Anthony, I think I'd rather see this one in a reinforcement wave than the silver one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't be upset as dwarf lovers, though. Uh, this is another one I don't have. Um, no. Yeah. No. Um, unfortunately, not. Um, oh, I need to see if I still have one, Mal. I'll send it to you. I probably oh that'd be good that'd be good. I probably agree with Rich. I think if we were going to get a a reinforcements wave, I think I prefer this one to the silver dwarf uh, color wise. That's all it comes down mm. to, really. John, if you're sending yeah. them out, I've just checked my spreadsheet collectibles again, and it turns out <laughs> I don't have any. So I'd happily have one as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halmar Golden Tooth. Now this was, I think, this was, I think, my first dwarf in hand. Uh, it's hard to know. I, I can't remember. Colise, because Colosseum was pretty soon after Advent of Decay. Now maybe I got Bromden first. Anyway, it was one of the first dwarfs I had, because uh, I was in on the line at this stage, and I was smart enough to order this guy. 
um, Halmer Goldentooth, House of the Noble Bear, warrior, former gladiator. I like that. So he was possibly part of the arena with uh, uh, Vetus and all those guys. Um, Though small in stature, throughout the history of the Mercurian Colosseum, the beast-like ferocity of this dwarven warrior grew into legendary proportions. Even the largest, toughest and mightiest of combatants understood that it was wise to always avoid the utterly devastating hammer of Halmir Goldentooth. So I feel like this was a point where the bios, they were just writing them with a little bit less story in mind, but um, that's quite a short bio, but uh, you get the message. But as a dwarf, very cool. Mismatched shoulder pauldrons. What do people think about that? Anthony, you all right with that? So I'm normally a sucker for symmetrical armor. Um, But in this regard, I let it kind of slide because obviously, you know, being a gladiator in a, gladiator pit trying to pick up and use whatever you can use to you know to get by he's even got the spiky the the quote-unquote evil shoes as well so it really adds like a whole different you know motif for him um the color scheme is is amazing um but uh fun fact those spiky pauldrons are my like probably my least favorite part in all of mythic legions i really can't stand them they're just they're too big. They're too clunky. Um, but for some reason, this is the only time I like allow it, the the mismatched parts and pieces. Um, the wings are great too on him. He just, he just, just looks like a badass figure. Like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, people that have him, you don't see a lot of people trying to like alter or customize him more than he already is. Cause he's kind of like a perfect paint scheme already. Yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't repaint him now uh, unless I had loads of them. But uh, something not happening at this stage. Uh, the head sculpt again is awesome. Mal, you love those uh, winged helmet attachments. I do. Uh, this this is the the dwarf. Forgetting Savalgard because that's never going to happen. This is the dwarf. I would really really like them to put yeah. out there again. Um, there's just something about him. I think it's yeah, a combination of the colours. Even there. there's really nice weathering on the hammer. Yeah, everything yeah. about him is fantastic. Yep, he's great. Got him right here. He's got a slightly different helmet again, hasn't he, to any of the others? Yeah, he sure does. But um, yeah, really cool figure. Guion, you got this guy? I Ooh, uh, <laughs> just see Rich that I bought mine from Rich. So, uh, yeah. How so. much did he fleece you for it? <laughs> I wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a bad price. Um, so, okay. yeah. It was. Um, I was glad. It, was, to have it, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a great price either. Don't think I did agree on a deal here. It was like. <laughs> wasn't mates rates, no. Oh no. Oh well, rates either. So, yeah. <laughs> no, he's a he's a fantastic figure. I've got him again right behind me here. So I absolutely love cool. him. Fantastic piece. So Guyan has yours, Rich. Then I can take it. Yes, this is the figure I regret selling the most, but I needed the cash. I, I needed the cash at the time, so we had to. I am it. not sorry whatsoever <laughs> for you because that's just how you roll. Yeah, but fingers crossed he'll be in an all-star wave because he's my favorite. Would be nice. 
he's, he's brilliant. Brilliant. and, and he is he is he's not, he hasn't been in an all-star wave so he's right for he'd it be isn't an he instant first run into all-stars if he went out for voting no question yeah you mightn't yeah. even yeah. need to do your 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 magic anthony it might you might just need to sit back and relax and watch him we're, sail into we're the turning first place. we're turning this year from the from the year of the dwarf into the decade of the dwarf so just let us keep let us keep going we're we're slowly but surely taking it over well i, I do I, I, I do wonder if much to richard's dismay richard why did i call you richard rich's dismay you're trying to speak down to him like his mom you know but <laughs> much to richard's dismay if uh i wonder if they'll do what they did with um necronominous and maybe whatever if it's house of noble bear sons of the red star whether they'll continue that into next year as well like they have with necronominous and maybe that'll mean he features as you say in the all-star wave that way um, i'll accept that if it means we get another chance to get this guy yeah <laughs> that'd be all right yeah, if they put a lizard guy in that wave rich won't care what the other figures are i wouldn't even see the other figures i'd be staring at the lizard <laughs> <laughs> all right Oh, they don't do more than three figures in the order field. <laughs> so, the only female dwarf, Ragnar Stormforger. One. Do you want to read her bio? So, dwarf yeah, soldier from the Noble Bear. Go on, I'll do it then. Uh, born deep in the tundra of the Northlands, Ragnar Stormforger has dedicated her life to guarding the secret house outpost of. Shellguard. The soldiers of Shellguard live in single-minded seclusion and are tasked with guarding the ancient weapon known as the Soul Spiller. A recent surge of evil in Mythos has greatly increased the forces intent on obtaining the powerful relic weapons wielded by warriors of old. Ragnar was one of the only two survivors when Shellguard <laughs> fell to these forces. Now her only goal is to warn the rest of the world that the ancient weapon of has been recaptured and has been fallen into evil hands. So Tomas and Emil are screaming at you there for the pronunciation. Or something. <laughs> so Rich, yeah, your 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 faction is involved here. Yes. Good. It's a shame <laughs> that they let a dwarf live, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to hide from you, Auntie, aren't I? <laughs> I'm going to be waiting at the airport for you. <laughs> He's flying into LaGuardia, I swear. <laughs> no one flies in there, don't worry. Um, so, Anthony, female dwarfs, are we down? We are totally down for this. Every opportunity yeah. I see her at a show, I pick her up. Wow, um, cool. I I love the color scheme. Um, I love the bigger pauldrons on her. It creates a whole new uh, shape and and style on her. Um, the soft goods, um, when I, I know it's a little extra bushy and we're not going to go down the whole trim in the fur thing. We're going to skip past mm -hmm. all that right now. But if done properly and cleaned up, uh, looks great. Um, the axes are, are nice. Uh, the horns, I really love the color of those horns. Um, coming out of that helmet and the fact that she's got an army builder helmet uh, means that she could have an army of 
uh, warriors with her, even though she was the lone one out of her army that, that came out of that alive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have her. Um, I have her now with the soft goods kind of around the shoulder. I think that works well. Yeah. Well, what I was going to tell you when we were doing Thord earlier is I took an extra one of her soft goods and slid that underneath Thord's pauldrons. So it gives that appearance of fur Ooh. coming down underneath of it. Um, and I cool. took um, the, the axe that the short axe that she has um, and, and put that in the back. So, cause the, the colors want not necessarily the same are kind of close. Um, gave him that as like a smaller hand weapon as well. Um, so yeah, I, you know, in, in my head cannon, you know, once she gets back and gets hooked up with the noble bear, I kind of see her as the side piece to Thord, but you know, I've got some awesome. weird, I got weird dwarf fan fiction going on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her, her, the silver on her pauldrons is like mirror almost. Yeah. It's really, really bright. Yeah. Should she have on, you got a, Sorry, John. Sorry, Rich. Should she have had a beard? No, no. That's. I'm. We're not. Yeah, I know this is the dwarf conversation, and I know that's a topic of conversation. No, we're not. We're not playing that game right now. No, no. We're we're good. She she looks fine just the way she is. No. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I I don't need a beard. I'm fine if she had a beard, but I don't need one. Yeah. I, what do you uh, think of this? I have, well, I had her, but I still have her, but I've customized her completely. So the colors are oh, completely yeah. different. Um, yeah, so I've kind of uh, put the forge ahead, I call them, uh, from Plants Your Dog Toys, one of the female dwarf heads on her, and completely changed the color scheme. So, yeah, a fantastic figure, but not yeah. what I was really looking for at the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Fair enough. Mal, you have her? Yeah, yeah, I have her. Um, she was... Like I went, there was a point where I'd got a few male characters, and I was like, I want, I want some of the female characters, and and her and Asia and Freya, I got all at the same time, and I think all three of them are great figures. But yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's very cool. She's a dwarf and she's female, and you know, <laughs> it says it all to me. That's very cool. Awesome. Um, Torg, we need to move on here now. So Torg and Redfin, House of the Noble Bear. A warrior dwarf. I know this is uh, Tomas Ryberg's one of his favorites. Uh, Rich, you want to read the bias first there quickly? Yeah. Strict isolationist loyal to the city of Ironhold, Torgan Redfin believes only in the strength and independence of his people. It was the very this it was the very loyalty that led to Torgan to leave the kingdom that he cared for so deeply after his half brother, King Bromden Ironjaw, pledged Ironhold's loyalty to Gorgo Etherblade and the legions of Arathir. Escaping with a band of loyalists to seek refuge in Bjorngar with the House of the Noble Bear, Torgan now fights for Atlas the Conqueror in hopes of one day reclaiming Ironhold and freeing it from Arathir's influence. So that's another very cool bio. Um, and we get, the, as we said, we get the, the half-brother thing that Anthony mentioned earlier when we were talking about King Brandon. So the only bare-chested dwarf. So that's a unique thing about Torgan. Uh, and also very unique head sculpt with the mohawk and the cool beard ginger we love it it makes uh, him I really his tall. shield as well it makes it him does, real, doesn't it yeah between yeah, the, the standard neck peg and then the mohawk really has him yeah 
much taller than the rest of the there, yeah 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 i like him um i take it we all have torgan going on you yeah yeah i'm not the biggest fan of the mohawk personally um just on board no i don't know why I don't know why um but yeah i'm still i've still really like him anyway um i think personally with the familial thing there with the half siblings i think that the um bromden is the connection with the shadow horn thingy so maybe Bromden has a shadow horn mother and Torgan doesn't, maybe, oh, but they've got a different surname. So I have no idea. That was just a theory that has now gone to the wind. <laughs> the surname. So never mind, I'll shut up now. <laughs> no, no, no. All theories are welcome here. Rich, have you managed to hold on to a Torgan? I have, yes. Yeah, I've got, got, got a couple of them. I really like him. I love the, the sort of dirty nose he's got as well. Yeah. Initially, yeah, I wasn't sure about cool that. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it came out well. And Mal? Yeah, I've got him. Um, one of my first few figures I got. Uh, it's got. It, it, I love the uh, slayers, like the troll slayers, dragon slayers uh, from like Warhammer. And oh yeah, 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 I immediately came to mind when I saw him. So, yeah, Sebadom yeah. has a kind of a very exaggerated version of of, yes. of this head, almost, or you know, yeah. similar style, which is very, which very is maybe cool. even more in line with the yeah, yeah. the Warhammer dude. But yeah, yeah, I love Torgan. Anthony, where does he rank for you among the dwarves? He's up there really high because yeah. when, when I had got him, um, I got him as part of the, um, at the at the shows, they, for a, pot, a while there, they were doing uh, like early release figures. Um, and the first Legions Con, he was a part of that um, early release. So I scooped up whatever the maximum allotment of them were um, and took him home and turned him into my blacksmith for my forged uh, in fo and foam diorama that I have. The mohawk is great because you can just heat it and pop the mohawk off. And I took some of the green sculpting and sculpted a like a dreadlock kind of piece that went back down into it. Um, and I've done another one where I, I smoothed it out to make it flesh or you know, make it you know smooth to the, to the skull. And then um, the mustache comes off as well. Um, so I changed it a little bit and, and made a few things. I tried to do a poor attempt at uh, an orange steel hide from the comic, what he looked like. Um, it'll never see the light of day because it just looks terrible. But um, yeah, I, I every opportunity I see him laying around, I, I try to scoop one up just because of the, the parts yeah, and pieces. Totally. The color scheme is nice. It's very traditional looking. And I have one of the Max Bird um uh, kits that the, the the soft good kits that were out for them um, really changes the dynamic and the look on him as well. Cool. I saw Mal. I saw you were very interested uh, when Anthony said that you can get that mohawk off with a bit of heat. Yeah, I mean, it, I've only got the one, so it's not something I'd do. But oh, yeah, okay. I never never realized that you could do that. That'd be quite cool. It is cool. Yeah, definitely. You can get another one maybe um, like with a bigger mohawk, like we mentioned. Definitely. So. Deluxe Lore Legion Builder Dwarf that came in the Deluxe Legion Builder wave. Um, the only one from the army of Leodysseus, the only dwarf from the army of Leodysseus. So it's an interesting one, uh, dwarf soldier from that army. Um, really nice build. I love the, I love the Vortog. It initially, I always call it the Vortog torso, but because it, it initially came with him. It's the more thicker armored torso. I think it works really good on a dwarf. 
I have a good view of this guy for sure. It's a little bit, as it's a Deluxe Legion Builder, it's a little bit up on the paint. In terms of you get uh, the head sculpt, it's got a bit more paint on it. Um, the armor or the 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 skirt piece, uh, the loincloth has got a blue paint scheme. Um, and the shield and uh, the axe are kind of this bronze color. The horns have got a nice kind of wash on them. So, yeah, very nice figure. What do we think of this one, Anthony? Well, considering that we got him, the last one we had gotten was Wasteland for a figure. Yeah, there was um, there was there, a there drought. Was, there was a long drought. I think if you had told us we were getting anything, I think we would have been excited. That being said, we got this figure and we were all very excited because look at that helmet. I mean, that's cool. Like there's no other, there's no other heads that have the front portholes and those horns are unique in their color and their size. They're great. They work on all the different helmets. And um, again, looking at some of the other, you know, cool one-off pieces than the different torso, but the skirt um, being the same thing as the Magnus slash Vorthog uh, is really, is really, really nice. And um, that axe just seems like it's, perfectly fit for for a dwarf um and the hammer the hammer is great too because he comes with the the curled uh back end oh yeah yeah that's right yeah i like that um i mean a great great piece and again in terms of you know third party stuff uh with a little bit of heat you can pop that beard off and you could start putting in you know you could swap it out with the uh barbarian builder um the deluxe barbarian builder beard or some of the third-party beard uh, pegs that are available as well. So, yeah, great, great figure. Yeah, super figure. Yeah, and yeah, just to mention that the deluxe goblin in that wave is basically a dwarf build, but we don't include him here. Yeah, but uh, for parts purposes, definitely. Guion, you got a few of these, I'm sure. Yeah, I've been painting a lot of them recently with the commissions as well. So it's just a fantastic piece. Uh, I got some of the plugs with the horns from Anthony a few months ago. Um, and they've kind of slowly developed into this kind of dragonish faction that I've kind of been writing about personally in my own little story. So it, it, it's a fantastic piece, really lends itself well yeah. to customization options and stuff. And yeah, that helmet's a game changer. It is, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I repainted one just for the, you know, for no other reason than I wanted to repaint it one. It was sweet. So Mal, you like this guy? Yeah, yeah, he's cool. I got a couple of him, one for displaying yeah. as he is and a couple for messing around with and doing a bit of customising with, yeah. Um, awesome. The colour of that armour is a perfect uh, base for... Yeah, it is, yeah. Doing that. Yeah, and I'm ob- I'm obsessed with this torso. Yeah, I love it. We got yep. Anthony. Oh, yeah, that's the yeah. plugs, yeah. Anthony's they showing us the cool. plugs, yeah. yeah. They are very cool, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. and you got the beard, yeah. Those dragons might give that a amazing, Anthony. I'll have to get some. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think the same. Okay. Um, Rich, you have a few of these as well? I've got half a dozen of them. I really like the armor color um, and the fact it's in Leonisius sort of thing. So, yeah, i got half a dozen or so. Yeah, I'll just show you uh, my little uh, repaint. She just did them a little bit bronze. And oh, yeah. Very nice shot. Yeah. Looks very cool. Well done, me. Congratulations. <laughs> and this is my uh, take on him as well here. Oh, here we go. This is proper stuff here. Oh, that's yes. Cool. Oh, yeah, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, we'll get to you. We'll get to you guys and your customs now. We need to. We need to get moving. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the last one of the dwarfs. Can you believe it? We've got to the end, and we were all happy in June this year. It wasn't so long ago. We got a skeleton dwarf. We all thought we did. We all thought we were going to get one, but we were never hundred percent sure. I missed the live stream because it was in the middle of the night, and I need my beauty sleep. And uh, I got up in the morning. I flicked through the pictures, and I didn't initially twig that he was a dwarf, um, because. You don't see him in context. Um, but yeah, Scally Blown Splitter, Congregation of Necronominus, a dwarven skeleton marauder. In life, Scally Bone Splitter was one of the most, I was one of the ruthless marauders from the northern settlement of Vikingfell. So, Viking faction, please. One of those who succumbed to the curse that befell these warriors, Scally's cruelty has only grown in death. This undead dwarven fighter leads a force of skeleton raiders from the coals of Vikingfell towards the center of Mythos, where he will bring death to all who cross his path. So yeah, he's even the leader of the skeleton uh, soldiers that we get in that All-Star 6, the skeleton raiders. So very cool dwarf Um we were all very excited about this. We gave our opinion on Scally uh, in our All-Star 6 episode. So we leave it over to the two lads to, to tell us what they think of this. So Guion, you take it away first here. I was blown away by it as well. I, I was the same as you at Double Take initially, but he wasn't sure that he was a dwarf. But um, yeah, the new pieces, that shield as well, the little details, the new details there. All these new pieces and the scale, it's just perfection. I love that Warhammer as well, and the cauldrons, both the same thing. It just ticks all, every box, really, doesn't it? Really, really nice. Yeah, and it has it has that axe again that from the deluxe dwarf that Anthony was talking about that works really well with the dwarf. The, the heads, it obviously has the unique uh, skeleton head uh, with helmet, but it also has that deluxe barbarian with the different... Uh, attachments that totally transforms the head amazingly that repaint on that barbarian head is is awesome it looks so yeah so good and then uh, it has the matched pauldron for the deluxe gladiator as well which uh, is very sweet because i love that pauldron so we really really um the only hint we had with that we were getting a deluxe dwarf was uh, when uh, the tuberculi was revealed uh they did say that the dwarf thighs were were included in the tuberculosis so that got our juices flowing for sure Anthony dwarf skeleton does it does it bring you around to the faction as I know you maybe weren't the biggest skeleton guy before oh in the bin so here's what we're going to do guys I'm going to take all the skeleton pieces off and like my friend Curtis <laughs> Ackerman we're going to dump the bone pieces right into the recycling bin <laughs> outside of that it is the perfect looking figure. Um, I can't wait to put cloth uh, soft or arms and you know the armored legs and everything back on this thing. The fact that it gave us a human counterpart head is awesome. Um, from a third party standpoint, I'm looking at that skull and the beard and that's a brand new helmet that's designed specifically for this. I'm going to find a way to heat that bad boy up and yank it out <laughs> and we're going to be creating new beards with noses and, ma and mouth that fit right in there um and that uh shield logo the the inner faction logo 
Um, I'm making a promise now that there will be different logo inserts when by the time this figure comes out. We'll be able to incorporate different parts and pieces for everyone. Um, I can't wait. I cannot wait for this figure. Um, I ordered a few of the Scallies and both are so that as soon as they come in, I'm literally going to rip the both our arms and legs off and <laughs> slide them right into the Scallies and then be ready to go with an army. So yeah, <laughs> sign me up. I mean, my, my poor retailer, I have a local friend that's a retailer. He has no idea how bad I'm going to hurt him on this one. Like he <laughs> going to have to order a lot. That, that I think he's going to take that pain and he's going to take it to the bank. <laughs> when when Poxus was originally uh, debuted and, and we saw Poxus as you know referencing the horseman, I saw that torso. I went, oh my god, that scale mail! Like I can't wait to get that to use for other figures. And then they go and they put it on a dwarf, and I just about <laughs> lost my mind. It was it was awesome. And that hammer, the you know the war hammer and and the act, yeah. just yeah. Give me more. Give it to me now, please. Perfect. So that's the dwarves of Mythos. One day I hope to be back here to talk about the dwarves of uh, Cosmerium. That would be very sweet. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll make some cosmic custom dwarves, I hope. That's my plan anyway soon. Um, okay, so we need to crack on here. We're breaking. I mean, of course, we don't have any time limit, but, you know, I, I want to also get this podcast out at some Go point. Go figure, the so, shortest characters in Mythos and it's going to turn into your longest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're, 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 we've got some guests that are, uh, are a bit wordy in a good way, in a good way, because on a podcast you need to be able to talk. So, Rich, bring us through, you sent me this through, so I put it into a slide. Um, talk us through this. So this is a selection of, and um, we'll pop this in the comments of any of the posts. Yes. out. This is a selection of dwarf custom heads that you have. Yeah, so this is this quickly. This is just some examples, really, of the of the stuff that I've got and what I'm using for. So I've got um, an undead dwarf. Um, got the figure from Merplay to Hardness when he was making his own stuff. Uh, it's like a zombified undead dwarf. I love that. That's going to be in my uh, congregation of Necronominus. Um The one on the top right of that particular picture. That's my infected dwarf. So I've got um, uh, cleansing monks group who've all got various afflictions and that sort of stuff. I've said it before and that's my dwarf head for that he's got little green scabs over him where does he come from uh i picked it up from prop masters i'm not sure who designed okay. it off the top of my head okay. um and then there's uh, another dwarf head underneath it which i'm actually going to use as a gnome um and it's like a dwarven king Ooh. with uh with no mustache to the beard actually anthony what are you okay with people using dwarf parts to make gnomes or whatever makes people sacrilege. Whatever makes people happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remind you about read, that when you thread my life. Read between the lines there, what you will. <laughs> um, then the next one over at uh, the top. Just, got just don't post it in Kings Under the Mountain. I won't. Oh, don't worry. I won't. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, next one across um, is uh, again a prop master's uh, print. I'm not sure who the designer was. Might be actually bigger fusion, maybe. Um, as long as Tony Tail. I was just gonna say, surely uh, for gnomes there needs to be a group called Kings Under the Mole Hill. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good, Mal. Nice. <laughs> um, and then underneath that is a couple of my actually bigger custom dwarf heads. Um, Matt O'Toole designed. 
Uh, one's beating up character. He's going to be my pit fighter dwarf. Um, and then another one's going to be, I'm, he's actually going to be a defector from King Bromden, uh, the one with the eye patch. Um, and I'm going to paint up a uh, bronze dwarf to look like King Bromden's armor with that one. Um, the picture over to the right, very briefly, is just some of the um, Mark Calvo's amazing dwarf sculpts. He does he does some really good ones. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, I love the one with the rat. Yeah, and that that's going to be like a in um like my pox sort of zombie type thing. So the, the if um, people zoom in on the picture in the comments, they'll see the uh, rats actually got green eyes to have that sort of plague sort of look to it. Uh, and then one with the, the the flail sticking out of the head too, that and the with the chain, that's a, a brilliant piece as well. Um, bottom left, we have my Chaos Dwarves. Um, so I used to love Chaos Dwarves as part of Warhammer. Um, we've got uh, the the helmeted figure on the the left of that group is a piece that I commissioned from Propmasters. So Edu sculpted this one up for me. Um, I use lots of different Warhammer Chaos Dwarf references, and he's Done a really brilliant job of that. I think Guion's picked that one up as well, haven't you, Guion? Yeah, that's a really good one. Really nice yeah. piece. Uh, top right is a Legion shot piece uh, painted by Guion. Uh, you can probably tell by the, mm, the blending could, of the colours in the beard. I could, all, I could already tell that was yeah. Guion, yeah. That's going to be my Chaos Dwarf leader. And then the one underneath that is a Mark Calvo piece again. And he's going to be my Chaos Dwarf chemist. So he's got the different colours in the beard, as if the, the various cool. chemicals and that have uh, changed his beard. And then very quickly, the last picture on the right is um, Plantry Dog Toys uh, head and torso. And this is going to be my Troll Slayer. Um, so it's the giant yeah. mohawk. Um, so that's the giant mohawk dwarf. Yeah. That's the kind of and exaggerated he, yeah. he, Torgan look almost. Yeah. And he comes with a gemstone hammer as well. And he was painted up for me by um, Simon Crow, who's brilliant freehand. Yeah. Uh, He's a good painter. Yeah. Ridiculously good. Yeah. 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 The, free, the freehand tattoos. I haven't seen anyone do them better than him. So, um, yeah, my Troll Slayer's got a stomach covered in very fancy tattoos. So, yeah, despite saying I, I didn't like dwarfs originally, there's tons there already. So. Oh, there's, there's tons there for, for you. Absolutely. Okay. So that's Rich's little uh, dwarf customs. So to get us out of here and home, I wanted to talk to our two guests about their customs and what I picked from their social media. So first we have Mr. Hasil. Um, so Anthony, um, I got a couple of slides here. Um, so first up, I got your uh, your hammers that you did are these kind of, what are they again? Uh, the, the kind of the battering rams. Yeah, the battering rams that you do this mad uh, electricity with wood and uh, fracking, you call it. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you run an electrical current through um, through the wood there and it picks up the grain and uh, chars that the grain of the wood all the way through. And then I add the, the resin pieces over top of it. Yeah. So this is a really cool kind of massive dwarf, like, uh, you know, like a battering ram or whatever. Uh, yeah, I went straight to your table at Legion's Con. I did what Rich did, uh, the best tactic at Legion's Con. Uh, unfortunately, we're letting the secret out is to go straight to the 3D Uh parts makers and skip the four horsemen line skip the exclusives line you'll get there eventually and come in and try and get the limited pieces that are on the uh 3d customizer tables and i went straight up and said anthony give me one of your battering ramps i need one and because uh, it's a unique piece i mean everyone is different as well so the one i have is going to look different to the one someone else buys and uh 
just a cool concept and uh you know being a bit of a being a bit of a caveman <laughs> this is this is the kind of crap you get up to you know <laughs> well what's cool too is if you hold it the, the handle in such a way you could probably put it yeah. in a troll's hand if he wanted to just hold it like oh yeah too. yeah 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 as a kind of a kind of a little weapon yeah like he's picked it up and he's just gonna smash over yeah they so, are, they're amazing pieces i picked up one from anthony legion's call yeah. as well brilliant defo defo so uh then we have a custom uh dwarf that you did with this uh kind of the Valak bird painted in a red and yellow yeah, so I, I went, so so I went for like a fire mage with a phoenix as his uh as his pet uh you know his pet bird or or what have you um and actually he is number I think he was number 2 in my project of 23 for Legion's Con 23 so at Legion's Con he will be available for sale um and i've been working all all year trying to get these done i've got two more i need to finish up to be done um and that was that was a cool piece because uh the head and pauldrons originally were part of a commission for someone else that i created the parts for the commission um and then you know decided you know working it out with the guy hey you know I'll do this piece for you, but if you allow me to use these to sell for other stuff, then, you know, we can work out a better deal. And hey, look at that. Oh, Mal has those. There you go. And uh, I went ahead and, you know, created this because I'd made him, uh, if, if the character I made for him seemed very uh, wind-like as a mage. Yeah. Um, so originally I was thinking about maybe doing more of the elemental stuff, but then my brother had done a series of elemental dwarves. So I'd stop with the fire one. Um, and that, uh, flame effect is from, uh, Chucky's geeky, Chucky's geek and toys. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember him from legions con. He was a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I put all those pieces together and it was a blast to do. And the Cape is from the, um, uh, pelvicus, um, Cape. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, up that and kind over, of burgundy red. Yeah. down and through. So yeah, that was a, that was a fun one to do earlier in the year. Cool. And then we got this guy with this kind of wolf head. So yeah, so I went crazy with. Uh, I get I go on these like weird animal kicks. So last year I did all the the ram stuff where I had the ram shield and the ram sword and the, the ram pick and the ram chest plate. Well, I with the D twenty boar that came out, the that that big beast that you know was a great mount for dwarves. I made my own saddle and and um faceplate and hair and actually i have it right here this big oh yeah this big fella here um so what i did was um i created a chest plate and a helmet for a cavalry rider for him but then decided um i needed something as an infantry but i realized it would be kind of weird to have a boar head on top of a guy riding another boar. So I created my infantry. So instead of having a, a berserker, I have a boarzerker. So that is a boar head sitting on top of a boar, on top of a dwarf head going into battle. And that weapon, that axe, um, I did a series of, of weapons that are just plug pieces that fit 
on top of a lot of the standard mythic legion weapons so like the interchangeable maces so if you wanted to have more diversity in your weapon set you could swap out the mace and put like that axe head in there or a hammer or different things in yeah there. awesome so uh we had a couple of 3d parts there from your site but i'm going to move on uh this was uh another of these mo these are now moving on to your legions con stuff yeah 23 I yeah think. so so this skeleton that you did that love that yeah really that was cool. a labor of love because i had to deal with skeleton parts <laughs> <laughs> um but all kidding aside i, I try, I'm, I'm trying to diversify myself in, in in terms of having a lot of part a lot of different things available for everyone this year so um i did a skeleton really for the most part it's mainly Standard figure uh, parts. I mean, there are a few 3D printed pieces that I have on there. That helmet is a Brian Burke um, helmet that he had available at the show that I had dremeled out a little bit more because I had painted the helmet and I wanted it to be able to slide off and on and not risk, uh, you know, t affecting the paint. So it moves on there pretty easily. Um, and then I've got the chubby torso set um, that I just recently did. Um, with the, the head and the chicken wing and the axe, and there's three different torso pieces. Um, and then yeah, I have those. I'm, I'm going to use those soon for a few customs. I love them. Excellent. I can't wait to see what you guys pull off with those. And then I've got another dwarf down there that, that'll be available. And my Todan the goblin head, which is a tribute to my friend uh, Dan Tobin. Um, cool. And then I've got another dwarf down there with the jester like soft goods. Uh, that I gotten from Heavy Hammer um, uh, a while back. I was working on, think, trying to work on a separate project, and then um, started putting together this one piece, and thought it would be kind of funny to make like a dwarven jester that you know, if you didn't find his jokes funny, he would just hammer you with, you know, his <laughs> weapon instead, you know, and then the joke would be, I you know, then he would laugh at you. Um, and then of course this guy yeah, on the beat this guy on the beach uh this is one of your favorites i think this is yeah it's ankar it's my uh it's my guy that you know that goes with me everywhere whenever i need to display a new piece he's showing off the new piece when i go on vacation he goes on vacation um you know at christmas time you know i gotta find an ugly christmas sweater for him so uh, that'll be it'll be perfect um and yeah there's a bunch of more parts and you know and we're looking at all one, two, three. We're looking all, yeah. They're uh, the goblin, another dwarf, yeah. female You've dwarf. Done a couple really cool goblin customs. The, the here. witch doctor. So the witch doctor is pretty cool because uh, my brother yeah. Mark um, has been working with me this year um, for ideas, and he's a goblin lover. You know, it's fine. We yeah. won't fault him for that. But um, <laughs> he, he, comes he makes up. the goblin wine. So I mean, yes, play. yes. Um, and he came up with some neat ideas. So we're doing that. So we have the, the goblin, uh, witch doctor. Um, we also have a goblin female tinker and we'll be doing a goblin gladiator, um, head in the near future as well. Oh, nice. Um, so, so stay tuned for some of that stuff. Love that. And the, the female, uh, dwarf here. So the female Where dwarf is, is, uh, Jason Rodriguez head. Um, ah, okay. and then the torso as well. Um, but I yeah. have it, um, I have it customized where I have the Kings under the mountain logo, um, in, uh, embedded in her stomach. So it's, so she's a queen under the mountain, I guess. Um, yeah. and, and kind of gave her like an archer kind of a vibe to it. So, um, it's a fun piece to do. 
uh, just, you know, something different. Okay. And then just to bring us home on your stuff here. Uh, okay. So a knight with this cool, uh, yeah, with it's, dark Templar, it's the, uh, yeah, dark Templar, with the gladiator dark Templar. helmet. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then I've got a work as well to try yeah. to, you know, change things really up. Really cool. Bit. Yeah. Um, Stepping then, on Stinkor's head. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I call him the collector because he was just, you know, collecting parts and pieces. Collecting heads. You know, and then if you... I think Richie get down with a, that. a bird hand because, you know, he lost his hand, so he took the bird's hand instead. Um, managed to get the skull head up inside the spear. Um, it took the jaw apart and, and put it back together in that way. Um, and then we've got another dwarf um, that I had done recently with some pauldrons and some... Uh, miscellaneous parts and then there's some pants the dwarf pants i got from uh josh campbell uh is now doing soft goods and uh he's got some amazing stuff so uh make sure you you know check him out in the cabal he has an etsy store as well so i believe he does international shipping as well he's very cool um, i like the colors of that one yeah um he he pops uh that is i, I wanted something just brighter and you know a little bit different with the blues um, and then I've got the, my Dwarven stone cutter down there. That head is from Camaro dude, uh, 1972. I think it's uh, Kirk Daniels. Um, and then some parts and there's a action figure fusion torso in there. And then that sword is from the DC primal Mr. Freeze oh, um, cool. that I change over from it being frozen to being like a carved out of the stone. Um, mm -hmm. and the, the hammer has the drill bit for that uh, Dwarven miner from Legion shop. I don't know if any of you guys uh, nice. saw that kit, but that's a great kit yeah. to pick up. Um, and then lastly is that Dwarven King that I just kind of put together recently. Um, yeah, I'm actually, a very recent one. Yeah. I'm actually staring here looking at him. And it was it was it was interesting because it was kind of hitting like a like a writer's block or a creator's block for a little bit and trying to come yeah, up with something. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of cobbled this thing together and then I put it out in the community to ask if I should just keep it or if I should put it out for sale in the general consensus is to put it out for sale, but I haven't put them in the box yet. I'm still trying to, still trying to, because <laughs> those pauldrons are a little hard to come by right now. Um, they are, you know, they and, are. and the pieces just in general are, 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 are difficult. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, that's currently where I'm you at just with put my, the appropriate price on him. And then if he goes, he goes, if he doesn't, you've, you've uh, got him. You there, know? there, there are it. some, there are some prices. They are going to vary in price between how much I want to see them go and how much <laughs> they wouldn't hurt my feelings if I brought them back home and added them just to my collection. That, so, I think that's the way to price that stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, and uh, people shouldn't be offended. People should just be. Uh, You'll know right they... away which ones were my favorites. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing at Legion's right. Con is there's, there's just a range of prices, isn't there? So, you know, I bought a half a dozen customs at Legion's Con, but there were a couple that I really liked that were just too expensive. You know, they were. I think they were priced reasonably, but too expensive for me combined with everything else I bought. So there's a good exactly, range for yeah. everybody. Yeah, you got to make the decision. We're all adults yeah. here, you know, at the end of the day. That bloody ogre-sized cool. Frisian cow of uh, Nicky's that just kept, oh, yeah. that kept staring at me and calling But somebody my bought that. Thank you know, God you somebody went bought back, it, yeah. You went, you went back and said, right, I've got the dollars, I'm going to buy it, and it was gone. And Thank goodness. that was your decision made, you know. Um. Okay, Anthony, thanks for that. That was awesome. Uh, again, we'll make these pictures. Well, these pictures are all available on Anthony's, Anthony's uh, socials, but uh, we'll pop it up with the episode anyway, so it makes it easier for people. Guion, uh, with your dwarves, these are awesome as well. Um, 
so talk us through these a little bit. Um, I took them in kind of chronological order, so it might be a bit easier for you. <laughs> I'll try to remember. So uh, starting on the top left there, I kind of went through a bit of stint of kind of making figures based off my friends, not in terms of appearance, just cool. kind of characters. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the top left one there, kind of going for a bit of a dwarven rogue thing, though heavily armored and that slight contrast of the gold of the pauldrons and the belts and stuff. I and that's that a Wolf King customs head, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and the belt buckle is from Planty Dog Toys as well. So really, Very I good. wouldn't say a simple piece to do, but really, really fun. Um, all the parts came together quite nicely. So uh, yeah, that's that piece. And then on the top middle there then... This um, is the first fiery dude I saw. Yeah, <laughs> he's quite intense. I've actually changed that head recently. Um, for another one, but oh. that is for another friend. Um, I'm just going. I, I was struggling with the character for this one for a while, so hence the change. But um, the shield stayed because of the colours for his football team. So that was the the team that he plays for. So yeah, that ah, was okay, the, cool. The, the kind of the the relation there, really. Um, That's yeah. in my action figures customs Matt O'Toole head. Yes, yeah, fantastic piece, really, really nice. Yeah, with the kind of headband. Uh, yeah, with the kind the of snarling. metal jewels. Yeah, it's snarling, yeah. kind of one eye almost closed. Or yeah, this one I recognise as a plantry dog toys head, kind yeah. of an orange steel hide green. Yes, so I went for a bit of a concept while in the Hobbit um, films. He in the concept art he's shown uh, wearing armor. I think in the third film, so that's what I went for there, really. And that's a Jack Mitchell painted head. So there's some tattoos oh, wow. on the top of his head. I should take pictures of those later. Mm -hmm. um, but that's he did a fantastic job there. Oh, really, yeah. Jack really Mitchell nice. is is really good at the human heads. Yeah. I've seen his stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. a miniature painter guy as well, I think. Yeah, fantastic work. And again, bottom left again is another one of Jack's work jobs yeah. there, really. Um, a yeah. lot of MAFC parts there, the pauldrons, I think, and the loincloth, really nice pieces. And then, okay. and is this is this barrier part then for the dwarf, or I think it is, yeah, it's a barrier, yeah, yeah, there is yeah. the barrier. Um, and then just kind of try to paint match as best as possible. So he's got kind of the, yeah. the red in the middle on the pauldrons. So that was a really nice piece to make. And I know that a lot of people are, are trying to get barrier again recently after the failed all-star vote so i felt a bit guilty after kind of uh <laughs> no you should never for a dwarf but no really never really never but the um the boreas hooves came in quite handy later anyway for the third for the fourth um figure there really so using the head yeah. that richard commissioned from prop masters there for my chaos dwarf so the head's yeah. so big. I painted two boulders, but the boulders don't fit on the body because of the head. But yeah, it's not a bad problem. <laughs> so he's gone really. for the one boulder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just make another figure and then to, this, to go with the boulder. And then this fiery guy with the shield again. Yeah, another one of the MAFC Fair. heads there. Really, really fun. That shield's yeah. a fantastic piece as well. It is awesome. And then this purple kind of guy. He yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Was blown away by him difference there again with my story in my head they have kind of magically corrupted um the portal they came in quite handy from blink from Marvel legends so the idea in my head is that these dwarves have been harnessing this magic through this portal that they don't know where it's linked to and it's slowly mutating the dwarves that are harnessing this energy so this dwarf has been um affected by that magic 
And then, yeah, so that's that one. And then in the middle yeah. there, it's a Brian Burke head, I believe. And then it is, yeah. Massive hammer from Planetary Dog Toys and the the little blunderbuss from MAFC. I uh, really enjoyed making that part. And then I've um, little shields on the breastplate from Warhammer figures. So uh, I could just buy cool. the shields as little standalone yeah. things. I uh, painted those up. And just glued them on. Yeah. Blue tack, actually, just to make sure if I ever change my mind, uh, I can take them off if I want cool. to. But well, I just thought smart. I kind of made a bit of a kingly look, you know, more runes on the on the armour. And then the one next to that is based off, con- or not concept, I have some art I found from an artist on Instagram. And then when Len showed the knight, the dwarf knight helmet, I had to, I had to make that really. So that was a really fun piece to make. And that shield there. with the white and the red, it looks simple, but that, I, I'd say that was a bit of a pain, no? It was, yeah. The red on the white's not ideal. So a lot of paint, a lot so of Just swearing. to get the straight lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. the smooth, getting smooth white on, on a shield like that. Mm. Yeah. A lot of trial and error, a lot of paint stripped yeah. back after that, really. <laughs> oh, no, never again. <laughs> And then and uh, this guy's really striking down here in the bottom yeah. left. He's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites. Bright gold, kind of yellow. Yeah. And yeah. He just uh, naturally developed, really. So he's the brother to the one in the top middle. Um, yeah, really, really nice piece to paint. The head's fantastic. Brian Burke's heads really are good. I really, I'd really like to see Brian make more dwarf heads. Um, really, really nice to paint. Um, yeah, a pleasure. And then an MAFC belt there. Um, and the loincloth again. And then the bottom right, I can't... You sell this head, don't you, Anthony? The middle bottom one. I can't remember who sculpted that head. Um, but, yeah, another one really, really fun to paint. And That's a Fenheim head. The one here with the the Gridiron Studio hammer axe? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's from uh, Jason Rodriguez did that. Ah, there we go. Okay, yeah. cool. So really nice piece. Um, I think that was the first Lux Legion dwarf custom I painted. The, the newer ones, anyway. The, cool, that body. Yeah, with the so, big, yeah, the big yeah. Uh, torso. Yeah, this is Kai Lab kit. I recognize it from is. maybe Mal has used that on a on a dwarf as well. Yeah, really really nice piece. I got two of those, thankfully. So um, I'd love to see him remake those, but that's a a really really nice piece. I keep saying that. <laughs> Um, and then that's the top left one's the dwarf, the dragon. The one dwarf, you showed us earlier, isn't it? Yeah, that was a fun piece yeah. to make. Um, kind of inspired awesome. by the plugs that Anthony sent over, and I just kind of found other dragon pieces, and it all kind of developed naturally, really. Um, and then the one next to that is the female, female dwarf, head, dwarf yeah, yeah. That I commissioned through Walter DeMarco. So that piece was inspired by my fiance's World of Warcraft character. So that was the inspiration there, really. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Anthony helped me put that body together, really using a, a Goblin Legion builder and some bits and bobs here and there. So she's actually quite a few different characters into, into one, really. It was, a, it was a really fun thing to paint. But the body was ready way before the head was. Um, but it was painted by Jack Mitchell, as was the one next to it, really, which is a really, really, really easy LBC, essentially, of just popping that head onto a... Um, I think it would say Cavern Dwarf, no, Bronze Dwarf, Bronze Dwarf with some of the um, Furious Four pieces and then a Magnus yeah, Shield. Yeah, Lord Bushadi, I think, yeah. the, a lot of the armour, yeah. Yeah. 
very cool and then oh my god this fiery dude with the with the fists yeah this was, was a commission that someone got you yes, to do, yeah? Yes, so he's the first of this little squadron that I've got on the go, so just behind me up here. So the dwarves are finished now, but that was an absolute delight to paint, give it free reign to paint it as I wanted, just so it looked like it was in my collection. And Whoa. yeah, really, really fun. Really enjoyed that. So I might yeah, make my own one of those. This is one of those customs, not, not to blow smoke up you, that I just look up when I see the picture and I just go... Yeah, I say bad words and I go, wow, I have dumped my game sometimes, you know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I can make another one for Legion's Con. That's the intention anyway. So. Oh, definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not coming, you're not coming, but you can pass it on to Rich and yeah. we'll, uh, we'll try we'll and make uh, it onto get the highest pitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll drink it at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gwion and yeah. I have already got agreement that I'll bring some stuff over for you. Oh. Thank you, Rich. Really <laughs> no, nice. I, totally. Yeah, if, yeah, if you do another one of those totally, and yeah. may not make it to our table, I might just buy it off you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Rich, no, no, no. You sell it at the table and then you go back to Guyana and say, can I commission you for another one of those? Okay, guys? that's fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was we a... Got to give, we got to give the other people a chance. Okay, now, come on, get us yeah. out of here. And then the middle one, again, is a bit of a, a one, a bit of a personal project that I really like, the pieces that I like, the head that I really like from MAFC. Just put it together there, really. So this is another Mad tool. I mean, you know, I hope Mad tool finds a way to scub more heads for Legions uh, now that my, my MAFC is gone. But yeah, yeah. Same. His, oh yeah, fantastic head. And then to the right, there's the, I think, the second entry into the little dwarven squad that yeah. got going. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Is again with the is again with the horns on the side. Um, yeah. Dwarf. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then the last few. Yeah, and then the top. Yeah, again, part of the same squadron, really. Um, the bonds on the top and the right there are the same figure, just with a bit of alternative pieces. Really, just wanted to offer a bit more variety in the figure, really, with character, and just seeing the opportunity to paint that Wolf King custom head again. The night one, I just took the opportunity and ran with it. Um, and the same, yeah, and the same thing there with the 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 dwarf with the horns, really. Um, just something that I really yeah. enjoyed. Um, and he head. has a like a Hellboy hand, arm on it or something. He like that, does, it? yeah. That was the intention. So I thought that's what he's going for. The he didn't actually send that head originally, but I had a space. So I was like, I'll I'll throw that in there as part of the deal. So Amazing. yeah, just to kind of give that Hellboy vibe. And then the one on the and left. And then there. the last one is it like kind of monkey type looking with yeah, bare feet and kind of a nature, um, kind of like a bit of a jawrent, but in, in nature really. Um, part of Zylona's flock. So he was the first um, flesh-toned dwarf that I painted. Uh, really enjoyed that piece and kind of been addicted to that since. But with the commissions, it's kind of taken precedence really. But yeah, I hope to get back to doing some skin tones recently. Um, soon. Yeah. I think you should because you you definitely are good at them. So thank you. That's your boys' customs. Uh, this just shows you with dwarfs. Amazing. We can talk about them all night. We could talk about them for a lot longer. Um, we will probably talk about them again, given uh, how much you've had to talk about tonight, and we could definitely talk about a lot more. Uh, any closing words for you, Mal or Rich? Just to say, a really enjoyable episode. Um, yes, definitely. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, Anthony, that I've sold so many dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just catch up at Legion's Con. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, well then, for me, uh, Guion, I hope to, the next time I'm over to visit the boys, I'm going to try and uh, rope you in Fantastic. for a few beers or, you know, a bit of customizing, a bit of podcasting in person, whatever we can do. I'd love to do that. I swung by North Wales on my way home. You probably heard it on the last episode. Uh, beautiful part of the country. Um, and I know you're a native Welsh speaker and uh, really a North Wales homeboy. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool. Love to hear that. Uh, Anthony, can't wait to see you at Legion's Con, my friend. I'll save you a slice uh, of tomato pie. Looking forward to it. Oh, oh man. <laughs> totally. And Anthony's helping us out as well. I'm going to ship some stuff to Anthony in the next couple of months so he can uh, bring it to Legion's Con for us to, to save us a little bit on the baggage. Um, so that's just the type of guy Anthony is. Lads, brilliant time. Loved it. Can't wait to get this episode out so other people can hear it. Uh, cheers for your time. Uh, I know this uh, Anthony had a tough day at work. Guion has a long day ahead of him tomorrow and a long weekend ahead of him. <laughs> so <laughs> best of luck with all that. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. Your Allegiance episode 22 in the books. Cheers. Mm-hmm.